The Drug Show Podcast, live from the SEMA Show in Las Vegas. Presented by Nissan, in association with Banks Power and Hellwig Suspension. It's the Truck Show Podcast. My name is Lightning. He's Holman. West Hall is where it's at. You know what I'm saying? It's where we're at. It is. Hey, how's your voice? Because mine is, uh, I've got the uh, the SEMA crunchies going on. It's about as scratchy as it's going to get, I think. This is this is, is the first time I've heard you with uh, with bass in your voice in six years. How dare you? Uh, that definitely was no bass there. So. <laughs> right? Uh, so I was uh, had a great dinner with some friends last uh-huh. night, as did you. Ooh, what'd, what'd you have? I was at uh, the Cosmopolitan Hotel. Yeah. And we ate at uh, 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 something Essex, uh, Beauty in Essex. Okay. That's the hidden restaurant that is in the pawn shop on the third floor. Uh, have you been the, there? No, I heard there's like a, is it a speakeasy or there's a door or something that you got to get through? All sorts of places inside the Cosmo are like that. All right. Yeah, so you go in through what looks like a pawn shop with some jewelry. You go to the left, there's just a big blue door with no one standing in front of it, yeah. you walk in, and then you're greeted with this amazing architecture, and it's all, it's, you feel like you're in a beautiful pawn shop, but it's the food I was, was off the hook. All right, but off did you hook. had meat delivered to you on swords? No, that sounds like an adult film. No, 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 no. This was, uh, <laughs> went to uh, Texas de Brazil, and uh, they come in, they just keep bringing you meat, and you have this little chip, and you turn it, like, red means I want no more, and then green is like, like, bring it on. Really? Uh, just endless, endless meat. Every, every kind of me that you can understand is okay. amazing. I'm going to use that later. As endless me. Thank you. Yes, I, yeah. I appreciate that. The name of uh, Sean Holman's new album title, so, Endless there, Meat. I had been there before, uh-huh. and everybody's like, well, is it good? I'm like, be careful, because they don't want you to eat the meat. So what they do is they provide you with these delicious doughy balls, mm-hmm. and it's like the best bread you've ever had. So you have eight of those things. Then they come in, they bring you the water or your drink, and it just expands in your stomach, and then you got no room for... Uh, for meat. And so I'm like, don't eat it. Don't eat the bread. So everybody on the table is like, no, no. I always eat. The, you got to eat the bread. But uh, bread you can't, is you can't just do so it. No, because yeah. the meat's amazing. Oh, so. my gosh. Okay, so we are in the EGR exhibit here at the SEMA show in West Hall. Uh, you mean our good friends, EGR. Yes. That make awesome. Great, talk- great friends. Uh, uh, yeah, I got the roll track. I know. I, how many of us have the roll track in our TRX? This guy uh. right here. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're over here. I, from what I understand, they're going to have beer. Lots of beer. I is that true? Some beer right now in my for my throat. Is there beer yet? Beer's oh, coming. Oh, look yeah. at that! Oh, oh, oh Pat, we just got Pat, the high sign. There's gonna yeah. be beer in the EGR booth here. Pat, Pat just gave us the uh, the yes to a beer uh, sign there. Now we're like not that. just here because they have beer. <laughs> we're here because wait, wait, a listener got just brought so, beer. What? Oh my gosh! Wait, hold on. What? What's up, Ian? Dude. What, what's up with you? Hold wait, on. Wait, get, get on Hop the on the mic here. over here. What just happened here? Oh, just a big surprise. Yeah. Wow. All right, yeah. Ian, uh, put your headphones on over there. All right. Get the headphones. We got a. We gotta crack open at the same time, though. Okay, we're gonna we crack open. We have a listener some... in your booth that brought us beer. Oh, we and we have more beer over oh, here. This is gonna be a great some... show. All right, we're gonna crack three beers at the same time, All right. gentlemen. Right uh, here. It, it, wait, hold on. We got a celebration of SEMA, of course. Let's do All it. All right, in one, two, three. Oh, it's right uh, in my eyes. So good. Oh. So good. So here we go. Cheers. Cheers, yeah, guys. Cheers, SEMA cheers. 2023. All right. SEMA 2023. So, Here's the EGR for so having us out. Yeah. Is this your first SEMA? Is that what I understand? It is. So so you, you're listening to the show. I was walking around, yes. and you're like, hey, yes. Holman. And I was like, what? And then you're here. No, said, no, tell by. the whole story. Then you go, I'll let you do it. You be, my, yes. Hold on. Is Holman filtering something out uh, here? He, I, no, he's uh, just a humble brag. Just a humble brag. So <laughs> He's good at humble brags. Yeah, well, we were just walking through, and I heard him bragging about, oh, I just got 
two companies. Oh, wait, a third company now. All right, that's not totally how that happened. I was with Matt Caldwell from Tread Lightly, and he introduced me to some Ford people in the Ford Performance booth. And she's like, well, what do you do? I go, well, I kind of do a lot of things. And I'm like, I've got, you know, a a magazine, a podcast, consulting company. And Uh then these guys walk behind me, and in my ear they whisper, and the best podcast. And I was like, whoa, what was that? And so they're like, sorry, we just overheard you. And they're like, can we get pictures? I'm like, yeah, of course. Thanks for making me look really good. To tell, me you, you tell me you walked up to him and said, are you lightning? <laughs> no, that only happens to you. <laughs> that would have been elevators. great if they had mistaken you for me. That would have been awesome. Yeah, because then you could yeah. finally undo the first what time What was done SEMA. to me years yeah. ago. Yes, I was. At, I don't Very know if you heard about SEMA. that. I was in an elevator and they're like, I love your podcast. Oh, you're my favorite one, Holman. I was like, no, no, I'm lightning. Come I'm so on shocked now. by your stunning good looks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, neither of us has that. All right, so your first SEMA. Yes, first SEMA. It is, um, you guys remember your first time? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 22 no, no, years not, ago. Not SEMA. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't remember. Time. Yeah, no. Easy, Ian. This we'll is talk about show. that some other time. My first time was not good. This is a family oh, show. Yeah. Easy, yeah. family show. All right, we'll skip ahead. It's, <laughs> it's better than that. Oh. Let's just say that. All right. Wow, really? Is it overwhelming? It is overwhelming. You know, like when, you, when you're when you drinking coffee in the, mor- uh, in the morning? Sure. And you see that little squirrel just running around <laughs> and sees this acorn and then sees that acorn and then runs up a tree it's, and then loses all the What you're saying is a target-rich environment here in the West Hall. What have you seen? What builds have blown you away i mean i, I think Do you start behind you at the uh inyo grenadine inyos you still can't <laughs> oh, say it right i think it's great the color on that is immaculate dude it's, it's I mean, awesome it's, that's it's one of the first ones in the united states so we're going to talk about that with our with our uh, egr friends because they scored some deal where they got it in here and they're making product for it so it's going to be pretty cool so this is the first time that that really a lot of people have seen it in person yeah. So yeah. that's that's pretty awesome. That's, that's we'll be talking about that later. So, so what else uh, has caught your eye? Any truck builds? I, I personally was in the central hall. There's a Kindigit C10 that is unbelievable. That it is absolutely. It's a hundred. Is it called a hundred point build when it's absolutely perfect? Everything about yeah. this C10 is perfect. Mm-hmm. So it is in the uh, I don't know the north side of the central hall towards the front. And uh, Kindigit, we interviewed Kindigit last year. Last didn't year, we? yep, yeah. Or Kindig, Dave Kindig. Kindig, yep. And uh, so this, that was one. There is a an F600 that's about two booths from the Kindigit truck. It, this F600 has a 24-valve Cummins that's all flat black Cerakote with a huge turbo. Everything has been shaved. The bed, like everything's modified, but it's all so subtle. What I like about the builds here is that if you walk by with a quick clip, you'll miss something. Yeah, you'll go, yeah. oh, that's just a modified whatever. And then you stop and go, oh, my gosh. Nothing is stock. Like every single fold. I feel like every there's a lot of vehicles this year that are subtly really good, and not as much as the super in your face like crazy builds. Mm-hmm. I feel like those kinds of things are out there, but it's not like the thing. I feel like the quality of these builds are up, and I also feel like there is a lot of like hidden little things. You got to spend time walk around the vehicle. You got to soak it in. It's really cool. So what what did you find? I I, I just sidetracked us. Well, it's like that squirrel, right? <laughs> Because you could just walk down one aisle and get lost and go down another aisle yeah. and then get lost down there and find another aisle. I, I think for me it's been uh, the, the car turned off-road builds, right? Your oh, there's, a, there's been a few of those here. Builds. Yeah. Because yeah. it's something you don't see it every day. We're out on the East Coast. You definitely don't see it out there. No one's bumping around a lifted Z or anything like that, much like you know how Nissan had their uh, – 
Fair Lady, I guess, or the Fair Lady Z, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, the, the old race car that was sitting in there yeah. that was lifted up, yeah. So tell me about the, uh, the just the, the population in these buildings. Like, tell me about navigating the people and, and like, the experience. I hate lines. <laughs> and there's a lot of them. And I've, and I've sat in a couple of them, and it's been worth it, right? Meeting with, let's see, there's the... There was Foose over at oh, I can't remember. Exactly yeah, but Chip Foose is he's and he's so great. I see like, him he everywhere. signs, he autographs oh, yeah. everything. He shakes everyone's hand. Yeah, he's yeah. super. Yeah, cool. he's a good dude. Yeah. Saw him with uh, buddy Mike Spagnola, president of SEMA last night. Oh yeah? yeah. All right, pretty cool. It's just to see. It's fun to see the down to earth perspective of these builders, right? You, know, you see them on TV, you see them on the, on the ads or whatever it may be on YouTube. It's like wow. You meet them in person, they're like, oh, they're they're car guys. Yeah, they're easy cool. to talk to. You already have something in common right from the get go. So, how long have you been uh, listening to the show? So I would say two years, and then I went down a rabbit hole of all the past shows. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Oh, I was trying to find out. So, all the have sound you heard clips. them all? I don't think so. I haven't. Heard, I definitely haven't heard them all. Okay. Have, have you heard enough to sing the intro with us? We can give it a shot. All right, let's do it. All right. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck. Because truck rides with The Truck Show. We have the lifted. We have the lowered and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel. And the ones that run on gasoline. The Truck Show. The Truck The Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. We didn't screw it up too bad. No, that was great. Yeah. Well, uh, Ian, thank you for uh, spending time with us. Thanks for listening to the show. And uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, we need to have uh, James Horwell from uh, EGR come up. Very I see good. him in the back We there. will get him here. Do we need to thank our sponsors? Are we going to do that? Yeah, we should do, do that. We should do that? We should do that. Yeah, okay. We. All right, so before we get James over here, we want to thank Nissan. If you're interested in, the, uh, in a rugged full-size pickup truck, check out the Titan. Or if you need something a little smaller and just as rugged, the Frontier. Both have the uh, industry's best warranty, five-year, 100,000 miles. Yes, on, Holman? On the Titan. Yeah, on, just on the Titan. <laughs> so head on down I always give the Frontier all, like the best uh, warranty. Yeah, I, I can't get that plug right. All right, head on down to your local Nissan dealer or to NissanUSA.com. And uh, we have to thank uh, our friends over at Banks Power, who makes uh, amazing uh, just everything for your truck, right? Well, for those that were here, they saw, the, they saw the supercharged C20 pickup truck that the was over that in, was the running booth. in the Amazon yes. in the booth. Uh, it wasn't running. No, it may have had a uh, little faux pas that prevented it from running, but it, yeah. it will someday, yes. Okay. If you're interested, I will, we'll talk about the Pedal Monster really quick. If you have uh, a sluggish a dead pedal and you want to get rid of it, check out the Pedal Monster. Type in your year, make, and model at bankspower.com to find yours. And uh, last but not least, we've got Hellwig products, and Hellwig will help you eliminate your saggy bottoms with helper springs. I've seen a lot bars. of saggy bottoms at this show. I'm and not going to lie. Send them all over to the uh, the Hellwig booth after they're in the EGR USA booth, like us, though. Yes. So we we have to invite James up because, uh, well, he invited us here, so we should talk to him. <laughs> now, do I need to raise this a little bit? Hold on a second. We should be all right. All right. Here we go. You are six foot seven. Yeah, close. Six, eight. Six. Yep. Six, Thank you, Ian. Six. See you later. Wait, say goodbye to Ian. Bye, Thank Ian. You. Thank, Thank you. you, Ian. All right, so. Six, six. Lightning, you may not know this, but Mr. Horwell is a Australian rugby player. I, I Well, I, I knew the Australian because I could hear the accent <laughs> from way over there. Yeah, from a mile away. But can, uh, playing R against rug him in rugby, no, 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 I would no, no, get my on. ass destroyed. He was the captain 
of his rugby team. I don't doubt that. <laughs> so don't mess up. I actually want to have you guys arm wrestle. No. Why? He would snap my arm like a twig. It's entertainment. It would be great. No, you'd have to cart me out of here. Put a splint on my arm and take me to the hospital. It would be ridiculous. So how did you become a professional rugby player beating up other guys and scoring rad points, and now you're the general manager of EGR? Yeah, well, it's crazy. Used, yeah, it is a little bit. I obviously played rugby out of school, and um, rugby's quite big in Oz, and was lucky enough that my size, as you guys talk about, sort of helps a little bit. When uh, when you're playing rugby, so Why, yeah. Do you feel really small right now? I do, but I, I'm I'm the whole time I'm picturing myself in a business meeting, and he's trying to sell me something. I'm like, whatever you want, I'll buy it. It's usually like, yeah. seated, so it's not as bad. I mean, Lightning I, has his three inch heel lifts in right I, now. No, right? I don't. Not no, I'm not Desantis. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, like I would just be like, here's the checkbook. Put in whatever numbers you want. Yeah. That's good. Let's do let's do more business. Right. <laughs> Take us through that transition. Were you playing rugby in in uh, middle school or? Yeah, high school? so I played uh, through through high school really okay. um, and then lucky enough to get picked up out of high school went into like what we call an academy system or you know in there so got into the professional system when I was 19 um, and then pl- lucky enough to play 15 years of professional rugby so in Australia 15 years? Wow 15 that's years. amazing that's a, a really great career yeah it was longer than than expected when I first pulled on the boots. So uh, now, does that pay like the NFL no, or NBA here? No, no. no. Just they, in smiles and passion. They, they earn smiles they earn, and passion. They earn in about a mu- in a in a week what we earn in a year. So wow. that's sort of, so we're not we're not at that level. We get paid well, but uh, were you ever sponsored? Did you have like Nike or Adidas? Yeah, or something? we we uh, I was sponsored by Asics during my career. Oh wow! Okay. So they they're right. big in the rugby boots and big down in Australia. So they were they were lucky enough to be sponsored by them and a couple of you know Lexus were a, were a sponsor of ours for a little while there as well, which was nice and got a free car. So that's always helpful. So what? are you at the SEMA show because wait, 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 you're wait, anonymous wait, here? Wait, he got a free car. We took what? <laughs> no, I gave it back though. Oh, yeah, 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 the it. Uh, same uh, way I get a free car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that whole you deal. give it back at the end. So. What's it like here? I mean, I'm sure you walk around there and people know who you are, and then you're probably a little bit anonymous over on the U.S. side. Is it nice having that break? Yeah, it's nice. It's nice coming <laughs> here. I mean, coming to the U.S., I come quite a bit now, obviously, with uh, with my with my new role. So it's, uh, yeah, U.S. This is the second or third time I've been in the U.S. this year. So it's um, it's always nice coming to the U.S. We like it. SEMA, this is about my third SEMA okay. that I've come to. Um, my first was back in 2007. So I came in, a, in an off-season okay. uh, to come check out SEMA That's and awesome. then came in 2011 uh, to have a look around and then, yeah, back here this year. So it's my third. So, it's so you don't know this about me, but I love Australians. Okay, I, it's I, good. I, for, They're my kinspeople. I knew we could get along. Yeah, yeah, I, felt and, that. And I felt that when we first met. I, when know? our eyes locked and <laughs> yeah, you, it's it kind of like being in the airport and you look across the way and you're like, what would my life be with that The make-out <laughs> session between you two would be a little awkward, though. Yeah, he, is, he is very tall. <laughs> but I, I, the first time I ever drank with Australians, I'm like, these are my people. Yeah, like, right. this, the, this is amazing. And then they proceeded to you know drink five times more than me and I was, I was out. And they had to carry you home? Yeah, back to the hotel? It's with the rugby team, actually. Oh, was it really? <laughs> <laughs> so wait, wait, I feel like we skipped the part where you went from rugby right to EGR. How did yeah, that so EG, How'd you get an EG, automotive? EGR is uh, my family business. So um, the EGNR actually stands for Edward, Greg, and Rod. So Edward is my grandfather. Ah. Greg is my uncle. And Rod is my father. That's so awesome. um, yeah, I've been in the automotive industry my whole life. You know, we're 50, EGR are 50 this year. So... I were, you know, I used to grow up driving forklifts in the in the factory in the school holidays and packing packing boxes and packing shelves and, you know, that used to be sort of my holiday pay when when you're working <laughs> and then, as rugby finished, I, you know, did some study and then sort of moved back to Australia because I was orig- I was playing over in the UK, um, for a little while and then moved back to Australia two years ago and sort of took on 
working in the business full time. Now, when you were just driving the forklift around doing that stuff, were you like, oh, I never want to be part of this. This is just a, <laughs> I'm just slogging for the summer. Or did you could you see working at EGR someday in the future? No, we could always see it. I look, I mean, I, that was the way for me to earn a bit of pocket money. You know, you know, Dad never wanted to make sure I gave anything out, gave anything out without someone working for it. So, to get the pocket money out to go do the shift in the you know the day shift in in the factory. So that was always part of it. But we were always pretty exposed to the business the other side of the business as you go you know on phone calls and as i said came over here when and when i could or in and around my you know rugby schedule so it was um it was always something that was was there and you know trying to help the family business because there are two families my uncle is obviously with a couple of his so a couple of my cousins are involved in the other side of the business we have a building product side which is here in the u.s as well but obviously not as relevant i've been there it's that. amazing in yeah. the, the ontario facility yes yeah, yes. yeah i went through a, with a, a tour with adam okay nice took, took me through it was just a really impressive facility you probably haven't heard me talk about this before but i love there are some companies that just make products, yeah. and they do it just to get SKUs to market. Just yep. there's a new Jeep on the market. We're going to make something as quickly as we can to get it to market. Then there's the other kind of companies that focus on engineering. Yep. We are going to make the best one, and we don't care how long it takes. Yeah. And EGR falls under that well, category. In fact, and EGR when, is an OE supplier yeah. to a lot of the big companies because the quality is so good. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's right. I mean, that's our that's our bread and butter. We're, that's our we're background. standing here yeah. in the you know accessories and aftermarket, but the exactly. reality is you have a lot of business. on Yeah, the we're side. we're traditionally a, an OE supplier, yeah. right? We're a tier one supplier to the OEs. We make products for them, and big part of our business is the quality aspect. You know, we want to be the highest quality external accessories manufacturer in the world, and that's what we strive to be. And you know, when you're talking about engineering, about 25 percent of our workforce globally are in R&D, product development, working in trying to develop the best possible product to the standards that the OEs are now demanding. And, you know, we do a lot of work and have for a long time with a number of the big OEs globally, uh, and not only here in North America, but, you know, Australia and, and, and in through Europe as well. Just speaking of the OEs, in your booth right now, you've got a new Tundra, which is obviously a North American-only truck. Yes. And then over on this side, I don't know how you scored it, but this has to be one of the very first Grenadiers that is in the United States. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's one of the it's one of their prototypes, so it's actually not roadworthy. Okay. So I think they've they've been you should have seen it when we got when the guys got it in the Ontario facility. It was covered in mud. You couldn't even see the paint. So we've, uh, I think <laughs> it looks we spent, good now. I think we spent about two days trying to detail it, and there's still dirt coming out of some of the holes. So <laughs> they've been working it pretty hard. But yeah, we've been very lucky to work with Ineos. Um, we started with them in 2019. We started you know de developing and designing product for them. Um, in their UK head office and then also over in Germany because they're getting Magnesteyer that do a lot of development sure. for the car for them. Um, so we've worked with them and now we've got about, I'm going to say it's 14 accessories on, okay. on this vehicle. So, a lot so these are, these are forgive me, these are accessories that are baked in new yeah. or aftermarket? Genuine accessories. Genuine so accessories. So you can, you can option them up from, when from, you the, dealer, from yeah. the dealer when you purchase the do vehicle. Do you have parts that are included on it um, in, a, in its stock form not optioned up? Yeah, I believe the the ladder rack now comes on the back comes standard on every option because okay. there's there's about three different variants of the Grenadier. Yep. There's sort of the Trailmaster, the Fieldmaster, which is the little bit higher end where it's got the leather seats and the you know the the Safari hatches on the roof and things like that. And then you've got the more basic. There's a commercial version where it takes out the back seats, make it like a like a commercial truck essentially. This is the first time I've seen one in person. I've been following the whole process. I remember when they yeah. made the announcement. It's yeah. basically a. a I guess oil tycoon what wanted a replacement yeah. a modern replacement for a defender and 
Land Rover obviously did not build that. Yeah, no, they wouldn't. I think he, he approached Land Rover yeah. and wanted to say, okay, well, you're yeah. no, no longer going to buy it. I'll buy the yeah. tooling and the yeah. designs off you and I'll go manufacture it because I really like the car. And they said no. So he said, well, I've got enough money. I can go <laughs> do it myself. Go do, you, do you think that they're embarrassed? Have you heard from them, Holman? Like, no, do they no, think, like, oh, no, someone no, one-ups no, us on our own design? No, no, no. If you, I think the the hardcore enthusiast, the, the British off-road fan, is embarrassed for them. I think the company itself is a global corporation and they're selling every Defender that they make and they're happy with it. But yeah. the purists, they all wanted this to be it. Not not essentially a minivan with swinging doors, which is how the yeah. current Defender with a little bit of off-road capability. They wanted something truly that you could overland, that yeah. you go on expedition. And this is, all the amazing touches, I've been following it. I remember when it came out, I was like, oh, okay, just another guy who yeah. thinks he's gonna make a car, but making a car is really hard. Yes. As, and you look at all the manufacturers that have come and gone in the last 10 years who weren't able to, to, to make a bankruptcy and, yep. and supply chain and, and manufacturing, all of this stuff. Yeah. Cars are global you know, uh, products that are built from global supply chains everywhere. And you look at this, the fit and finish is really good. The L-Track on the outside, yeah. on the rub strips where you can hook things to it, um, the grab handles, the interior, mm. BMW engine. Yeah, uh, it's just a, it's a, just an amazing vehicle. Where is it assembled? Do we know? It's in Hamburg, so it's on the French-German border. So it's an ex-Mercedes plant. So Mercedes moved out. I forget. I don't know what vehicle they were making there, but they've moved out, and basically Ineos have moved in, and so they've got a ready-made facility. Got them to market a little bit quicker because obviously, setting up a vehicle in the middle of COVID, as yeah. you were touching on the supply chains, like getting a vehicle started yep. in 2020, 2021, well, slow things because slow things down a little bit. If you have a factory and it starts from scratch, you still have to be near a railroad, near a port, near yeah. all that. And so all the infrastructure of an older factory is already going to be there, let alone redoing the factory itself. And also skilled labor. Yeah. You know, that's okay. a big challenge for guys making cars now. So obviously they had a, a ready-made workforce there that would been, had that experience in making vehicles. So um, they've sort of picked up and run with that. And I think it's got them to market a little bit quicker than they were hoping. Well, Lightning has a nickname for this vehicle. He calls it the Grenadine. Well, the Grenadine. You know, like the, uh, the, the stuff you pour in Shirley Temple <laughs> yeah. drink? Yes. I don't know. I couldn't get the name right for the longest time. And yeah. I, I told him, it's, it's, just it's the Ineos. And he's like, any what? Ineos. <laughs> it's just like, oh, it's like, Ineos. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the, the Grenadine is named after his favorite pub in Knightsbridge in the UK that, that Jim Ratcliffe drank at. Him and his buddies drank See, that and they came rad. up with the oh. idea. And so okay. it's called the Grenadier. It's in Knightsbridge, just op opposite Harrods. So um, that's where the Ineos chemical offices were, just about over from Harrods. And so the pub they used to drink at is called the Grenadier. And that's why they came up with See, it. That's why it's called I'm gonna the I'm going to be so rich that he, he didn't just make a car. He named it after his pub. <laughs> I'm going to be there around Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I will go there. Go there. And that will help me remember the freaking name <laughs> yes. once and for all. I will and go to that yeah, bar. Have a beer and that'll be good. No, okay. it's, yeah. it's, so it's a good story. Where do you fall in the process of coming up with new products for EGR? Are you at the Are you the final stop, like yes or no, you rubber stamp it? Or are you part of the inception? If one of your engineers says, we want to make this new XYZ thing, or your product planner, or your marketing person. Yeah, right? well, we we drive that with our, you know, the guys in different regions because obviously different geographies have different yeah. demands, and that's probably the big thing for us is that we've got obviously we work in Australia, and we've been quite well established, we've been there for 50 years, so it's a bit more of our home market, and we make a lot of products for the different trucks that they, particularly the pickups that they have down here, compared to what we have in the US. And then, we, but we've got a, a really good team, a new team that sort of come together the last 12, 24 months. Um, here in, in the US of our aftermarket team that are really coming up with a lot of ideas and I need to slow them down sometimes because yeah. there's almost too many ideas but we're really wanting to drive that, you know, the, the, the innovation and the SKUs yeah. and, and think of different things outside the box. So it's, uh, it's a challenge. You've got to try and manage expectations while 
having understanding that we've got that OE capability. So we're looking at some things internally that we might be able to do better, because obviously we are an OE business and we do a lot of things for a lot of the big OEs, so that takes a lot of resource. And then the aftermarket has always been the little baby brother, so we're trying to change that a little bit and shift and yeah. and shift. Seems like there's a lot of work. opportunity in the aftermarket for you yes. guys. Maybe yeah. even more than OE, because OE always has the ebb and flow, right? Exactly. Very and cyclical. It comes, with, it comes with you know new vehicle developments, yep. and if you don't get the the new vehicle, you know you, some of them have a 10 year lifespan, so yep. it's a, it's a long wait between the next one. So there's a lot more upside in our aftermarket. We're sort of only scratching the surface, and we're really really happy with the team we've got going here and and the growth that we feel that we can get in the US market because we've been we've been in the US now for 20 years just over 25 years EGR USA in Ontario so it's um, yeah something we're really excited about and we feel that that's where the growth is going to be talk to us about the Tundra behind us obviously it's got a, a lot of products and this is you know an American vehicle yeah so how is your approach to a, a vehicle in a region and maybe use the Tundra as an example you guys obviously have global platforms but yep. here's one that's a, basically a one-off yeah, so it's popular. So we manage. So we've got manufacturing and, and product development here in the United States. So we've got an engineering team and a, and a product development team here. But we also this is coming into Australia. So Toyota Australia are bringing this Tundra down down mm. under uh, later this year. They're, awesome. They're, they're, and also the other thing that's in the, and also at the moment, the Ram, the Silverado, and the F one hundred and fifty are really popular. They're uh, they're growing and the American trucks are becoming bigger. So we we develop. We try and develop as much as we can in the local geography because the guys here know more about it than we do. There's no point in me yeah. telling them what they should be selling on a Tundra from Brisbane, Australia, when they're living and breathing the market here, right? So, do you find that some of the other companies that are global have those issues where they're trying to tell the Americans what to do, and the Americans are like, we don't want that, or we do want this, and you're not making it, or? Well, yeah, I'm not sure about other companies, but for us, it's like, what's the point in employing someone here that lives and breathes the market and not listening to them, right? So they they, they understand it. They they know what what what's working. They're living it day to day. I, there's no point in me coming in, you know, once a quarter, once every few months and going, we should be doing this, we should do it. I, we always come up with ideas and we want to keep developing ideas, but ultimately we need to listen to our team on the ground. And we've got a very good team here. And, and we had a lot a lot of our team in the United States have been with us for a very long time. So it's, um, you know, we've got a very good trust and working relationship so you said something that was interesting is that the American trucks are big in Australia. Yes. And so the podcasts are third biggest market is Australia. Yes, right. And, and so we have a lot of Australian listeners. Yeah. And I was reading, you know, uh, like a TRX. There's a company yeah. that brings it in and then converts them to converts a right-hand drive. Right drive. Yeah. So are the manufacturers doing right-hand drive from the factory? Do they have to go through a conversion process? And then what's why are they so popular? I don't know. Look, they've gone through. <laughs> they go through a conversion pro- process. So there's a there's a company that does a lot of them. They're doing the Toyota. They do the Ram. It's called Walkinshaw Automotive. They're in a, they've uh-huh. actually got yeah. a race team as race well. Team, so yeah. they do. They were they were developing high spec Holdens, which is the GM, and GM decided to shut down Holden in Australia, yeah. so they, they they don't have that brand anymore. So they were you know going down. What do we they, do? Yeah, what do we do? And so they started doing conversions for different vehicles, and they've obviously come through with this Ram vehicle. So that they don't bring it in. So another company brings it. They do the the engineering conversion for the Ram. They're doing it for the Tundra, and they do the Silverado. Wow. They, they convert it from a left-hand drive to a right-hand drive. That I've been in the factory for them. It takes them about 45 minutes to do to do one car. That's it? That's all? Yeah. What? So you go go from like on a stage gate, they just rip everything out, then it moves the next one, they put everything, you know, start put it back in, all, even all the drivetrains, the steering columns. Oh, my gosh. And then anything that's left over, they send back to Ram, say, in, yeah. in Mexico, wherever they're building it from, and then they reuse the parts as either spare parts or, or put it back into their vehicle because they then ship back the, the right-hand drive stuff that they don't need anymore. Well, like the what about the hole for the steering column? Does Is there one? Are all the cars and trucks built with the 
potential for right hand sure, drive? I'm not sure, but I, I, I didn't actually look that closely. Or is the guy with a sawzall and a j- j- air hammer? Hole saw. Don't fear the hole saw. <laughs> Possibly, but yeah, they're, they're, they're super popular. And I think, you know, they're in a good price, like a high price point as well. Yeah. So I, I think the, the big thing compared to our trucks that we get home, the towing capacity is much higher than what our, you know, the, the full the, the So I was going to ask you about that because you guys basically have your one-ton truck could be a, a mid-sized truck, yes, yes, right? So but it may have the payload, but not necessarily the towing capacity. The towing capacity, yeah. So the payload has probably been more important to the consumer mm-hmm. in Australia than it has the towing capacity. And now, particularly around COVID, as here, the caravan yeah. market went through the roof, right? Everyone couldn't leave the country for whatever reason, so they wanted to tow and go holidays around there. So people wanted bigger cars to be able to tow these massive caravans. So I think that had something to do with it. And then it just has become like, a, you know, they're, they're a nice truck. I drive a Ram back home, so I've got one. So I, I've sort of bought into the American culture. Is it a V8 Hemi? Yes. Yeah, I've got a limited V8 Hemi. It's nice. nice. That's a nice, nice truck. It is a nice truck. What is the perception of Australians that drive the big trucks? Now, is it you've got money or you have... Like it's a luxury vehicle. Is a it status is, symbol. It is a bit of a status. It's it, it is considered a bit of a luxury vehicle. It's probably a lot of people don't like because our roads aren't as big as they are here. And, right. And the parking the parking spaces. At the, <laughs> Whatever. At the mall, just push them not, off the road. It's not. It's not. They're driving big. a small car. Screw them. So you got to get real tight in there. So I think a lot of people get a little bit frustrated with them. That you know you're trying to own the road too much but they they're, they're not going away i mean ford have to, are bringing them out themselves so ford they've got the f-150 yeah and the f-250 as oh, well wow. as coming so they're bringing the super duties are you going to get the diesel and gas uh, variants yeah, we get as diesel well and gas do, okay. down in down in australia so and also yeah, as i said toyota have caught on they're bringing the tundra out they've um, you know we do a lot with toyota australia and they were saying basically we didn't expect them to be this popular we want to get part of it because you know Toyota is a big, big brand in Australia. Yeah. So it's a bit of a cult following. The Doesn't Toyota. Toyota always act that way? They go, "We didn't expect us to be popular. We're we they, can't possibly supply the demand." It's always. I think there's someone going. We have. Uh, we know that there's a million people who want them, so we're going to make eight hundred thousand. Yeah, like they make, always make too yeah, they, few. Yeah, they're doing. I think they're bringing out about three to five hundred to begin with, and then sort of testing the market in the real world, and then sort of seeing where they go from there. But it's a. I think it'll. I think this, you know, looking at this tundra here, if that if that comes into us, I think it'll they'll they'll knock they'll the lights out. All knock them, yeah. the lights out. Let's so, talk about this tundra for a second. What do you have on this this particular unit? So we've got the uh, electric roll cover, so the EGR roll track, which is on the back and our um, and our ladder rack or our bed rack. So that's. Um, I, I have to say, your bed rack. So obviously we touch a lot of products. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of sheet metal ones. There's yeah. a lot of like brake press formed ones. Yeah. I was really impressed. That has to be one of the best ones on the market. Yeah. The forming, it looks like you're using extrusions on them. Yes, yes. So it's, it's designed amazing. specifically to fit with the roll track. Yeah. So just because it's the weight capacity of our roll cover is higher than most on the market. And so we wanted to make sure you had a rack that fitted, that you could put the loader because we understand that people putting roller covers on, they want to be able to put stuff on top sure. because you lose, you can lose a bit of bed space. So being able to stack stuff on top was really important in us. And when we were designing the, the roll cover, you know, five, six years ago, that was part of our development process. So um, yeah, that's a, that's going to be a big seller for us here, I think for sure. Well, I think part of it too is uh, if you have, you know, uh, cargo boxes or a rooftop yes. tent, you can drop the level down and yeah. hide some of it behind the roof of the cab. So exactly. you don't get the con of airflow being blocked, right? It's yes. more aerodynamic. You can suck yeah. it down and not take as much of a penalty as you would otherwise. Exactly. It's, a, it's adjustable. It's something that, you know, we, again, in Australia, we use a, there's a lot of racks like that. So you can put it up high. We just, gentleman was here before, wanted to put something so he could see out the back trailing cabinet so sure. it can be above that. Whereas you say, you can drop it nice and low so it sits underneath the roof height so it's not that aerodynamic pull that you, and yeah. that whistling you get when you're going on the sure. freeways. How adjustable is that? Is it six, eight inches that'll go yeah, up it'll and go down? Up another, 
another eight inches, I think, from there. So it gets to about okay. 24 inches. In wow. Full height. So it gets really, it gets really high, and okay. it fits on on the on the full size trucks as well. And it's great. gusseted. You have cross bracing, so it looks really stout. Yeah, it is. It's strong. So it can take, I think, a static load of about 750 pounds. Oh wow! And uh, dynamic is probably around a three three fifty. Wow, that's higher. I was thinking dy- dynamic might be two fifty three. Yeah, that's yeah, amazing. Three, three that's a really so good, good load rating. Yeah. yeah, it's a good. It's a good. It's a good. Uh, Development, as I said, it's designed specifically to fit with our with our roll cover. Do you make that roll cover for Australian yes. vehicles as well? Yes, yes. So we we've got pretty much the full gambit now of of truck covers that we can get through. So we've got all the the midsize, so the, the new Ford Ranger that's obviously come just about yeah. to come out here in the yep. US. That we've had that for about two years in in Australia, and it's it's a it's the number one selling car in Australia, and that's in Europe as well. So we've got all that sort of the Hiluxes, the, what we call the midsize, mm-hmm. and then we do it for the American trucks here, and then we're we're just about to release all our six foot five options. So for the Super Duties and the longer bed options here, so they're coming out January. They'll start to come through through the next few months after that. So we'll have the You're going to do really well with those. Yeah, so really we're, well. we're really excited. I mean, Mike and our team here have been banging on that we needed them here. So we've been probably a bit slower than he would have liked. I was yeah. asking him we're about gonna, eight foot beds. He's like, hold your horses, yeah, yeah, just one a, at a time. A we've got to get one step, one yeah, step at a time. Exactly. One step at a time. And I, I will say this, I think I've said it 50 times on the show, but it is the best engineered tunnel cover yeah. I've ever, not only just have owned, but have seen, have touched with my own hands. Yeah. Everything. He loves it. I actually see him late at night just standing I, by I the tailgate. And he just pushes the buttons, yeah. just watch it open and close for hours. That's what we need. <laughs> I, what we like. I like it's that a, type of It's a, like the double click on my key fob, your yeah. new key fob activation. Yes. It's it's brilliant. That that was when you have it and you use it, you go, oh, that's a no brainer. Yes. But I don't know anyone else is doing it. Yeah. You tied into the CAN bus of my truck. Yes. It's amazing. But the fit and finish, the fact that it came with parts to measure and get it all square like yeah. you don't have to use a tape measure you you mm. included the bracketry that's kind of like one use bracketry but yeah. it's perfect the first time you put it on i didn't have to go and adjust it and go yeah. oh it's out of alignment six months later yeah. i haven't done anything to it and i've i'm telling you it's congratulations i gotta shake yeah, thank you shake no. my hand well while he's shaking your hand I, I i need we need to apologize to him why we, why should, play, we should play the i'm sorry or we, we wait apologize. wait why why <laughs> I'll, I'll explain it in a moment we are deeply sorry. <laughs> We're sorry. We're sorry. Why am I sorry? Well, because I feel like... We're sorry. There's a massive trade imbalance in what we gave Australia and what Australia gave us. <laughs> and and what I, look, at, look around the hall. A trade imbalance. No, 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 hold on. Hear me out. You look around SEMA and you see rooftop tents, right? You see overlanding rigs. You see yeah. racks. You see all this stuff that really South Africa and Australia, they were kind of doing that. And then we sort of absconded with it and made it our own and then everybody comes here and is like the hell have you guys done with our with our our, our hobbies yeah. all we gave them and i've been to australia and i love australia but whenever i fly international i'm like i can't wait to see what the the local cuisine is <laughs> and i get off the freaking plane and i'm like hey that's the burger king logo but it says hungry jacks hey, there's mcdonald's <laughs> there's a subway yeah hey there's casey i feel like all we did was give you crappy fast food and you gave yeah. us an entire industry yeah. of rooftop tents and overlanding so yeah. i just uh, the, the trade imbalance is real i just yeah. want to apologize uh, it was an ugly american moment on our part and i want to make are sure you, you know are you are you apologizing on behalf of america i am i am yeah wow. <laughs> all we did was be the purveyors of, of horrible fast food and uh, <laughs> australia is based i've been to sydney harbor and it's literally san diego's gas lamp yeah. 
yeah. streak. And they're all watching the Lakers wearing Dodger hats yeah, down there. It's hilarious. The American culture is really, really <laughs> big. I mean, the, the sports, the NBA, the NFL are huge in, yeah. in Australia. It's a big, big culture. We're very similar to the Americans. Yeah. But I mean, one thing I'm glad we haven't taken is your coffee. The Australian <laughs> coffee is really good. Yeah. American coffee is so-so. Right. So-so. Yeah. So. Depending on where you get it from. So when you come here, having you know lived in Australia and, and yeah. being Australian, are you amazed at kind of how we have taken over some of the things that were like no big? You, you guys have tray beds because yeah. you need them. You have yeah. rooftop tents because there's you know uh, venomous denizens of the <laughs> desert in the outback that want to kill you, and you have to be up on top, right? Yeah. You these were all functional, and then we have it, and we've turned them into vanity projects, yeah. right? I mean, and uh, do you walk around? And you're like. What? What bizarro land am I in that these think, Americans have done this? Well, I think one thing about Americans, they just make everything bigger, right? <laughs> so we, we take it on and we do it and do it very small and sort of a, just enough for us. And Australia's yeah. not a big place. We only have 25 million people total. It's a big place. Like We, have, four, we have 14 million in L.A. I know. In Los Angeles, 14 million Exactly. People. So Australia, it's all on the East Coast. So the middle of the country, there's, there's not, not many people there. So I think for us, when you come to America, everything's bigger. Yeah. Right? It's just bigger. It's Oh no! Oh, it's, you know, it's on steroids. It's Did you gone. see that awesome uh, GMC tray bed that's in the AV booth? Yes. Like, oh, no. all right. So when you see this, it's a. It's not only is it not a full size American truck, but it's the heavy duty. Yeah. And then they're like, we're gonna oh, put forties on it, yeah. and then we're gonna put a tray bed because I happen to love that. I don't know but, how you're gonna get any of the tools out of that tray bed. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm six foot six, so yeah. like, I don't know how. I feel like that truck have. was made for you. Maybe I should take it. See if they can let me take it home. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Well, congratulations on all the success you've seen stateside. Yeah. And uh, it was great meeting you. Lovely Thank meet you. you for, for supporting no, You're not going to arm wrestle him. The, the, no, mar- the American no, market? Today. No, no, I'm no. not going to. No. Do you want to play rugby with him? Look at me. Look at me. Should I be <laughs> I arm wrestling this guy? I can tell you that much. Yeah, but he's still fit as a fiddle. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. no, he's. He, he, no. Thank it's you for gr- the support. Appreciate it. Yeah, we, we love being here in the U.S. and we've been here for a long time, so we're yeah. keen on the growth we're going to see. So thank you very much for the support. Absolutely. Very much appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate the uh, the support of the podcast and supporting Lightning's uh, tunnel cover habit. Yeah, nice. It's, we use habit. This is the last one I'm ever going to need. Never the need habit one. ends here. That's not, the not only did you get it, but you got it upgraded already. I know. I went I went to the, the Ontario facility. I got the tour and and, and what, they armed my, my key fob. What was the last time that you bought a product for your truck bed where the manufacturer called you six months later and goes, we're going to make it better. Yeah. Never. Never. Ne- well, once. <laughs> once. EGR. Oh, yeah. there you go. Yep. All Perfect. Right. Awesome. awesome. Thanks Thank very much, so guys. Appreciate much. you having All right. us. Appreciate All right. it. Thanks, guys. Sorry about the crappy American food. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right, Holman, we are joined on the microphone by Kyle. I met him when I was in uh, Central Hall, and he rolled up, and we're, he was looking at What did he roll up in? One of those hover rounds? Because in Central Hall, All right, he like, walked up. Th- these dudes get like three hover rounds wide. And they block all the aisles. I'm like, what do you punch John and John? Like, seriously, you don't, you need four hover rounds? So I bumped into Kyle, and I said, sorry. And then I said, hey. And, and he's like, love the truck. And we started talking, and he is a member of the Maryland C10 Club. So I figured, rewind the clock a little bit, go back to C10 era. So tell us about uh, the Maryland scene. All right. So the Maryland scene is a little different than, than the East Coast, or the West Coast, sorry. You know? Everything on the East Coast is is big motor, high horsepower, race car stuff. Like, that's what all the guys that come over from the West Coast and come see the builds over there. Like pro touring stuff? Yeah. Like they, or like the drag racing they stuff. They call it like a, a NASCAR type theme, you know? Like, where everything over here is the low rider. Yeah. And that's the emphasis. But East Coast, totally different. Big horsepower, you know, a lot of guys riding around on wide tires. Not the, the 2415s that you see, like the Houston and LST stuff. Sure. But, you know, 20 by 12s with a 315 tire, that kind of stuff. So coming out here and, and seeing the different builds 
you know, there's a few East Coast stuff over here. Probably, I think this is West Coast and Texas and but Arizona. But yeah, the C10 scene is, is hot. By the way, our friend Dana Estes, who uh, got the free trip to SEMA with TMI when, yeah. when we were at the works, he won the uh, I think the best truck with his C10. So where do you fall into this uh, into this mix? Like where? What's your cup of tea? Like, do you like the wide tire, the big horsepower, or yeah, that's, are you? That's more what I do. I try to have everything uh, that I build. I, I've got I think I'm up to eight trucks right now. <laughs> so we've got every generation except a '67 to '72 from '55 up to '07. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so we're starting to build a 59 Chevy Apache for my dad right now. Have a 66, like we were talking about the other day. I showed you the rendering for that one. Yep. Um, don't have anything 67 to 72 right now. It's the only generation. So, square body, I've got a 86, two 86s. One's a crew cab. I just finished that off. It's a one ton crew cab. My uncle had a, I think it was an 86. It was a short, shorty wide, right? So, regular cab, short yep. bed. And I think he had a, I think he had a, 305 in it okay. and yeah. it was fire engine red and I'll never forget when he brought that to my grandma's house for the first time and it was like man that's a good looking truck and he had that truck for, for a good while but man what who wouldn't want that truck back today right everyone everyone yeah. there's like probably that, somebody driving it right now it I'm sure forever. there is but it was like it was like the brightest fire engine red that you could get from Chevy in that year and it was just a just a gorgeous truck and you think you walk around see him you're like man if I can find that truck again it uh be worth money. You know what an interesting fact about Fire Engine Red is so the red that Chevrolet is offering right now, we actually repaint the trucks when we get them to Washington, D.C. Fire Department where I work. We repaint the trucks our red, our Fire Engine Red. Really? So we, yeah, we just had a new 2023 one ton with the 6.6 gas. And we were looking at it the other day, and the top's white, and it's red, and we saw where they repainted our Fire Engine Red over the factory from GM. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. So they want to have that exact red on. Yeah, so it matches the rest of our fleet. What is the red? Is it a Pantone color? What's make, what makes it that specific I don't know. Red? I would have to find is out. Is it a PPG color? Uh, yeah, I'd be curious uh, yeah. what that is. I can is. send the information when on When we all say fire engine red, yeah. I wonder if there actually is a yes. fire engine oh, there red. There absolutely like is a, a spec fire engine red. red. Yeah, there oh, is. Really? Yeah. Like, is there a forest service green? Like an yes, actual... Yes, there actually is a yes. forest service green. No yeah. kidding. 100%. There is. Okay. Huh. But yeah, our, the truck came in and we opened the door on it the other day and you could see where they resprayed yeah. it and everything. And we're like, it's a totally different so red. So is that it, like the, the, the city yard is doing that or whatever? I, or I, GM does it's a custom order? And well, it's they, not they, GM because there's tons of overspray. Oh, okay. So it's going <laughs> well, out to it a could shop. Be GM. Yeah, it's going to a shop somewhere <laughs> and it's getting sprayed. Probably the upfitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does all the radios and the lights. Oh, and yeah, yeah, They probably yeah. send it somewhere. Now with your builds, are you trying to get like 100 point builds or are you just dailies? No, where, where no, are you? I daily and I drive them. Like we go to LST every year. It's a 24 hour drive. Lone Star Throwdown. Yep, Lone Star Throwdown. Haven't missed it in years. So usually leave Maryland early on Thursday, drive through and pick up a couple buddies in, in Atlanta area with Auto Metal Direct. We do a lot with them. And then the next day we cruise in LST, and it's a lot of driving. It's 1,200, How many people miles. usually go in a group? Ah, oh, man, usually we have five, ten trucks. Like, all you know, all caravan together? Yeah, caravan, yeah. That's awesome. Yep. Do people think they're in a time warp when they see you guys all go by? <laughs> it, it, you would think so. Yeah, it's it's cool. Like you know, usually there's a lot of stuff that's broken down on the side of the road <laughs> that we're repairing. But I think the first year I built the suburban, I did eighteen thousand miles. Oh my just gosh! On trips, going to shows with it. Wow! You know, it's got a, a six liter four L eighty. Everything's built in it. QA one suspension. So and we do a lot. What's your? Do you daily anything modern? The only thing modern I have is the 16 Duramax that I was just talking about. Okay. And 90% of the time, there's a trailer hooked to it, moving something of mine around. Right. So my, is it bone stock? Your 16 D Max? No, nope, it's got a, a five-inch lift, 
Philistine Shocks, which is, I was eating lunch the other day out front, and the guys were there. And we, I said, oh, well, I'm going to do a podcast with these guys. And they said, oh, Holman, we know him. Yeah. Yeah. And so I got the 5160s on there, nice, the remote right? reservoirs. And uh, 22 by 12, 305, 50, 40 Arturos. So, yeah. It's funny how many people... Uh, will email us and be like, hey, uh, I, I know you, you talked about you know, Bill Stein. Yeah. Are, are they really that good? And it's like, yeah, go get them. And we've probably had seven or eight emails from listeners who are like, my wife hated my truck and now she'll go with, go on you know, a ride with me. Or yeah. it transformed it. Or I didn't even know how blown out my shocks were. I mean, they're, they're that transformative on, on a truck. They're Did you feel good. that that was the case on your truck? Yeah. I mean, it helped tremendously. And I got 120,000 miles on it right now. And the guy's like, hey, you know. You've had one there six or seven years. It's time to replace it. I was like, well, I'm glad I sat down here with you lunch and, you know, like bumped into you. Nice. So I'll be doing some shocks when I get back and hopefully a bed cover eventually. Yeah, so what do you think about the uh, EGR uh, roll track bed cover? Dude, these things are phenomenal. Yeah. Like, just listen to the the lightning tell about how easy it is to install. Hopefully there's something available for my body style. They're getting there. Yeah, new new applications. Talked about, all about time. Uh, the six and a half foot bed coming yep. soon. That's you. Yep, that'd be me. Um, I mean, that's a huge market here. I mean, that's most trucks, right? Yep. They, yeah. they launched with the Gladiator originally, and then they went to the short box like my TRX. And I thought oh, that's interesting. And I asked them when they came out with it. I go, why didn't you start with the six and a half? You know, because there's more of them on the road. And they're like, well, they're not more of them in Australia. So that's okay, why that they started with the, yeah. with the shorter boxes. And uh, yeah, they're coming with them, and it's it's great. I can't say enough about them. They're really really nice. So, did you guys drive out or fly out? Flew out. Okay. A um, couple of guys that I'm out here with, they, they flew out. Zach from Automotive Direct is actually flying back tomorrow to go get his truck in Atlanta to drive out here next week for Dino's. So oh, that's right. Dino's Get Down's coming up. Yep. I wanted to have Lockjaw for that and not so much. Yeah, we there might still be some metal shavings in the fuel cell. Oh, did so you ever probably. figure out what... I have a new hunch, but oh, if you I, do? I do, but I don't want to implicate someone <laughs> that I work with. Oh, yeah. Wow. So it, it may not be my the original theory about uh, a third party uh-huh, doing uh-huh. it. It might Good. be someone under our roof. You should probably go apologize to him profusely. To the third party? Yes. It could still be that person. <laughs> it could. He's it could. listening right now. I know that, and I'm. I, we don't know. <laughs> I have theories. And if I don't, so listen, you know, I love the dude that did the work (laughs) Uh on Lockjaw. Uh Like I've had a lot of beers with him and if it was them, so be it. We're just moving on. Who are you looking at over here? Oh, hey, it's Jordan from uh, Daytona, Florida truck meet. (laughs) Well, it's going back to Daytona at some point. What's going on, Jordan? Oh, not much, guys. How y'all doing? What's We're up, good. buddy? Yeah, We're good. I, I, I seen you over here, so I had to come over and talk. <laughs> Get out of my face with I so see. By, by the way, Jordan uh, tagged uh, Lightning in a post uh, with Blockdown and said, I seen this today. Yeah, I know. I had to write back and go. By the way, you I seen a jackass comment on our truck. So... <laughs> So I need to ask you, because you were in the uh, the Amsoil booth. Yes. Did anyone hug Scott Birdsall? Not that I saw. <sighs> but you wouldn't want to hug the dude. He's built. He'd punch you. Okay. I told you no one's going to hug him. No, I've, I've been trolling him on social all week with a hashtag. Hug, hug Scott, Scott Birdsall. And he writes back, no. <laughs> I'm telling you. Look, I was just at dinner last night with him. He's rad, but he he is going to, he will deck someone if they hug him. I'm telling you. I just want to know if that happened. He's or not. a he's a what do you call it? A, a, not a fireball, a, a uh, spark plug. Spark plug. Thank you. All right, Ian. So sorry you uh, we subjected you to this uh, this show. You know, I'm, this is awesome. How long have you been listening for? Probably three or four years. Now. All right. So usually what I do is on the way to work. I live uh, 59 miles outside the city, and I'm driving in there at three in the morning usually. 
our shows are the exact right length for you. They they are. They're at home, uh, yeah, right? And they usually drop Monday. Yeah. You know, no, they always drop Monday. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Maybe once they were on yeah. a Tuesday. But it's the perfect time because I get up and leave at 3.30 in the morning. So as soon as, it, you know, day one listener, as uh, my buddy L- ODB from OLP that I introduced you to the other day from the Mini Shout Truck out. Podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we got to have him on the show. Yeah, we got to do that. He yeah. hosts the Mini Truck Podcast. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He actually uh, was out here doing a lot of video and, and everything with Randy Frederick's two ballistic trucks. And the, oh, yeah, yeah. Booth. Dude, course. I saw Randy's truck. It's, yeah. it's better in person than it is in print. It, so cool. Yeah. It, it's going to be in print again. Um, He's getting a lot of love. Dude, he came out with a crazy crew. Like, he came out with his painter, his yeah. detailer, yeah. his and, fabricator. And his, they're from Maryland. Everyone. He's in from Florida. He's from Florida. Yeah. But the majority of the guys are in Maryland that built the truck with him. Charm City Upholstery, who did all that, is in Baltimore. Eric the Painter, he's also How he did he pull that off? Uh, negative Camber. Okay. And those guys are yeah. all... Yeah. yeah, they're all really tight. Yeah. So, that truck is awesome. But I guess, you know, NDA here, January street trucks issue, a mini truck will be on the cover. Maybe. No. Or maybe not. That one. It It is. It, it is. is. Okay. <laughs> I, by, by the time this comes out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't sign an NDA, so. But that that is the cover We truck. can beep it. Yeah. But we won't. I didn't. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone knows now. Look for the cover. But I, I don't know how long it's been. I have to ask Chris, but the last time that, you know, a mini truck was on the cover of Street Trucks magazine. It's been, been years. That's kind time. of a cool. year. Yeah. Interesting. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That that truck is. Uh, it's got legs. It's getting a life of its own here. Yeah. I saw it. It's in a kicker, right? It is in the kicker. Okay. Yeah. So. So there's no rivalry like the C10 crew and minis like Toyotas and no, Nissans. No. No. I actually bought a mini, um, about a month ago in a scrapyard. It was actually another feature truck in Truck and Magazine back in '94. In the scrap, it was in the scrap yard. That's a tragedy. Did you just run across it on accident? Yeah. So I went there to to look. I usually stop and look for motors and transmissions and all sure. that stuff because, you know, building C10s, why not? And there was a 1987 hard body. Oh yeah. I knew you'd you'd like yes. that, right? Yes. Those things are keep talking. So yeah. Keep talking. Trying to find the photos and the videos of it. Here we go. And I sent a, took a picture of it. Here it is, in the yard. Getting oh ready to gosh. get like a like a teal. What is that? Seafoam. Wow. What would you yeah. call that? And it's just sitting parked in the middle of the yard. Getting ready to get crushed. No. Yeah. It was going to get crushed. It's a scrap yard. What did you? Would you pay for it? Thirty-five hundred. No. Third of that. Whoa. No. Third of that. Was did the, it have an engine? Yeah. It's the motor. Yeah. So it's it's still has the ultra wheels on it. The caps yeah. were in there. Okay. Oh, and it had the caps for the yeah, ultra. Everything is here. All right. Is that a snug top or is that a Ferguson Super Show? You know, what is I'm it? not sure. Okay. The, there wasn't, um, the only thing on the back was Trick Trucks of Maryland was the, the supplier, I guess, that installed it. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I sent a text to Jason, ODB, and I said, hey man, check this out. And he said, can I share it to some mini truck groups? I said, yeah, sure. Like, at this point, I wasn't going to buy it, but I just wanted you know somebody to s- save it. Right. Went viral on all the mini truck groups. I bet they went crazy. So yeah, so a guy in Chicago said, "Hey, I want to buy it." And I said, "All right, like well, twenty grand. You know, wire me the money or whatever, and <laughs> okay. I'll go back." So the next day, I went and picked it up. He hasn't come and got it yet. So like, oh, okay. I mean, I got the money. I said you had the money in the truck, right? Yeah, in the truck. So you know, we'll see what happens. Either he comes and gets it, or I build it and I have a mini. What's the interior look like? On it's it? not. It's not in bad shape. It's all there. Um, is it a five-speed? It is. So it's did a, they say it's how a V6 they... fuel injected? Which oh, nice. Did they say how they came in um, possession of it? Yeah. So I guess whoever had it at the time lost their storage space, and it doesn't so run. So it was in it, a like public storage. And yeah. Backed into it. I guess. A, yeah. And it needs a fuel pump. 
So we got it back to my shop, put a jump pack on it, and it started spinning over. No, no way. way. Yeah. I jammed a screwdriver in the ignition. <laughs> and, it, and you paid like a grand for yep, it. Yep, for a grand. Oh, my god. The gosh. only thing is it needs a new front valance. Okay. And that's Whatever. A, that's yeah. a Xenon uh, body kit. Yeah. And I, I actually, haven't heard that name in I know. years. I reached Xenon. out to them a couple weeks ago. Were they, they still around? Cal? They are. They, they're still oh, wow. around. They're still making body they, kits. They've got to have one left on the shelf. They don't they have the mold. No, no way. The way. mold's gone? The mold is gone. Oh, that but sucks. But I did get on Reddit on a hard body. Somebody has to have it, right? There was a guy in a junkyard two months ago. He has a front bumper for it <laughs> in SoCal. Nice. So I was trying to work out a way. Dude, that's the universe's way of telling you like it was meant to be. I was trying to work out a way to get it from SoCal to here, and I was going to have Randy or somebody else take it back to the East Coast. How for me. rad would it be to grab a surviving time capsule, bring it to SEMA all dusty and dirty, and just plop it right in the vehicle's featured vehicle spot? Yeah, that's People what, would be all about that. So it, it had all kicker and bell tech on it, that's what is in it. Yeah. And, you know, Randy said, hey. Is it pretty similar to how, I mean, did you go on eBay and find that truck and magazine? Oh, yeah, we have it. And so you have it. We so have a copy of it. How, I don't have it. But how much Jason, has it changed? It's identical. Uh, Nothing's oh, changed. Time capsule. The, the, it, it is. The, the so stereo awesome. The stereo's not in it. That's the only thing. Okay. So everything else, the, the wheels, everything is there. That's super cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it would be really cool if the guy comes and gets it and fixes it up and get it out here next year or whether... You know, it's out front, and Bell Tecker Kicker says, "Hey, yeah, yeah let's we put it out in here. our booth." Yeah. yeah, especially if they do the blow up of like magazine cover or something yeah. like that, right? Yep, that's rad. Huh. Thanks for uh, stopping by and sharing some stories. Yeah, this this was awesome. I know, I know we wanted for listening. To, yeah, we want to get into last night the the Sosa Metal Works. We were talking about that off air. You want to get into that or? Sure. Yeah, yeah. So there was a, uh, the Hemmings after party was at Sosa Metal Works last night, and it was all. Decked out low riders, 59 Impalas on juice, oh, 64 yeah. Impalas on juice, yeah. like, and the amount of people there. So like, this is something you see all the time in Maryland. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Now I did see a bunch of low riders um, in downtown DC about a month ago. There was some kind of East Coast uh, gathering of low riders, and there was a ton of Impalas all, and stuff on all juice. on hy- hydraulics. Yeah, yeah. I saw. Uh, a Suzuki sidekick, I think it's what, right? The, yep. the, yeah. The, yeah. Yep. One yeah. of those was three wheeling, you know, it, like it was cool. We don't see that on the East Coast too much. You'll see. We're, we're jaded out here a yeah. lot. I yeah. mean, we, you can, on any Saturday, you see those guys cruising down Whittier, Whittier yep. Boulevard or something. Yeah. And uh, we just, yeah, we don't, we're like, oh, that's cool. And we just keep driving. Yeah. I would imagine, like, what is that? Yeah. Like, I was at work, I was working overtime. We were on the boat out on the river. And we actually pulled over and tied up the boat to go see the Lowrider show. Like, it was awesome. Sometimes you just have to do that. I mean, T- tie I mean, off the boat and go see well, the no, lowrider I mean, show? How many times have you been on a, on a road trip somewhere, and you're trying to make time, but then something catches your eye, and you're like, you know what? This experience that's happening right now is more important than me getting to where I'm going on time. Yeah. It's just part, that's part of it. Like, uh, whenever I do a road trip, I try and always have that extra time in there so I can pull over and just take something in. So That's, that's what cool. I'm going to try and get the Dinos here. You know, it's so close to SEMA that I don't want to travel two weeks back to back. So I think next year we're going to try and get a group of us from the East Coast to drive out. Um, there's a group every other year that drives out from the East Coast, and this is an odd year. They do even years. So I, I think next year will be the year that we hit up Dino's. Okay. It's so um, cool. Have you been to Dino's? I haven't been to Dino's no, yet. No, I have not. Dino's is, is wild. I think he's a refrigerator repairman or yeah, something Dino's like that. Yeah, Dino's Appliance Factory. Yeah, and, and he just started with like 10 trucks or something really small in his, in the in the front yard of his shop. Yeah. 
And then I think one year it was actually in its house or something. And then it went to a local parking lot and then it got bigger. Then it was in the at a stadium and now it, it just now it takes up an entire mall complex 5,000 trucks it's incredible yeah. and it was just a dude who's an enthusiast yeah. that's it yep. there was no like production company we're gonna make the world's largest C10 show it's it's just a dude and his friends completely free yeah completely free you roll up in there you don't have to pay anything no trophies that's the best part you can drive whatever you want and chill out with your friends and just look at cool and, trucks. and that's the way it should be right I mean yep. I, I feel like uh We've talked about it before. You know, most of the California-style truck shows, you can't drive around. You just park and you just sit there. Yep. You go to, like, Texas or other parts of the country, and it's a production. There's people that are, you know, cruising, and there's people having fun. There's people tailgating, and it's just that that whole culture and everything. When you get into a good show, like, that's awesome. So Lockjaw at LST 24? 24, yeah, I could do that. I mean, we got six, seven months, right? That I could do. If Gail Gail will let me. But we drive it out there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I would do it. It's built for that. Yeah, I. It's built for that. I drive 1,300 miles mm, there. You can too. I would love it. So I'm the first one to jump I, I, in a road trip. Like I'm all about. I think we just end the interview right there. Oh, he is. just challenged you. There's no explanation. You just you just have to go with it. Okay. All right. He did. He, he did 1,300 miles. You can too. <laughs> See you, dude. See you. Thank you. Scott, welcome to the Truck Show Podcast booth inside the EGR exhibit. Did you just uh, give us a booth? That was amazing. The Truck Show Podcast booth inside the EGR EGR exhibit. Well, it's their booth, but I didn't know that we... We have a booth and a booth. Okay. We're in EGR. Are we like Russian nesting dolls? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are. Two fat Russian nesting dolls. So we have things inside of us. We don't nest together. Got it. Yes. (laughs) Scott, welcome to the show. So you have a... uh, Is it a 19 Silverado out front of West Hall or is it Central? It's in front of the Central Hall. Central Hall. Okay. And you worked with EGR to build, uh, you've got their roll track system in it. Tell us about the Silverado. Uh, so it's a 19 Silverado. Of course, we built it with uh, EGR this year. Uh, we're showcasing their new roll track uh, power cover. We also have the sport bar on top. We did the vent visors and then a bug shield on it, representing their new products that they released. So have you uh, been working with EGR very long? Uh, yeah, that about a year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, so it's relatively fresh. I mean, they're a 50-year-old company. It's, it's new to our store, so I met Pat, he came into my store and showed us new products and just blew me away with the new cover. I actually had my marketing guy do a video on it and then that's kind of how we got together on building a truck this year. They needed a spot and we had a truck. We also had some other great products on that truck. Um, but after seeing the cover and then re- installing it, it's really a next level cover. No, we, we have that experience. Uh, Lightning has one on his uh, TRX. and. You know, we tell people we're not just saying this stuff. We, we've got no skin in that game. We, it's that amazing. We're not on commission. Yeah, like it's just that good. Yeah. We need to tell people about it. Oh. Or it's, we, 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 yeah. Otherwise, we'd be doing a disservice if we didn't spread the news. Oh, I agree completely. You know, I sell multiple different covers in my store. Uh, you know, we don't just sell EGR. However, uh, this cover, I mean, having in, now, it was different uh, when we hadn't sold one before because, uh, like I said, still relatively new to the EGR product and. The cover, just the way it installs, the the extra seals, just all around the features, hooking up to the BCM, being able to open the cover with the with the fobs. I mean, there's just so many things that you're not getting with any other cover. Are you excited for the uh, new uh, SKUs coming out, like the six and a half foot beds and all that? Oh, absolutely. The more coverage we can get, the better. Yeah. I'm I'm excited about the Gladiator cover. Yeah, the Gladiator cover. Yes. So tell us about Cambered Customs. Uh, Where so, are you? What do you do? Uh, so we're a truck accessory outfitter in Fort Smith, Arkansas. 
Uh, we started in 2010, um, and we actually started in the lower truck market. Uh, that's where our name comes from. You lower truck wheels camber and cambered, right? We started yep. out as a lifestyle brand. We Hopefully negative around. camber, because positive camber blows. Truth. Unless truth. you have like a, a Volkswagen or something, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's true. Back back then, you know, bolt-on body drops didn't exist yet, uh, so that wasn't a thing, <laughs> and. That, that's just that's where we got started. Our markets evolved into a lifted truck brand. That's you know we start out import performance and mini trucks, and here we are building uh, evolving lifted trucks. <laughs> so how long have you been coming to SEMA for? Uh, this is 15. So this would be my eighth year, ninth year. Okay. Eighth or ninth okay. Year. All right. How many vehicles have you built over the years? Oh my. That's that quite big. a few. Wow. Yeah, we have done several. Uh, we do several. We do a few a year. Uh, are they are the they show. are they for customers or in-house cambered customs like that you own? So both, uh, both. We get commissioned by sometimes we've we've had companies reach out to us that we've been commissioned to build to represent their brand uh, outside of manufacturers like in just totally different industry. We built a built a truck to represent a vape company once. Uh, we've also. You know, a lot of the builds are just our in-house. We, we go out, we buy a truck, we want to do something to market our brand at, on the local front, and then by doing that, we also, you know, market the, the companies that we sell. We try to, to partner with companies that we also sell inside of our retail store. So it's twofold for us, right? We want to represent on the largest stage. You know, it's an honor to be at the SEMA show and exhibit with these companies. But it also is great that, you know, they're putting into us, we're putting into them. We're also moving those units at our retail store. So we're not putting just... You know, you see a lot of things at the SEMA show. You've yeah. been here before, right? Uh, you know, 22 years. Yeah, Bluetooth <laughs> yeah. drive shafts, you know, the Wi-Fi drive shafts yeah. that you yeah. see, right? Uh, we don't install those at our store. It's not a thing that we do. So everything that we do, we believe in, uh, and just quality parts all the way around. So what's the uh, area of uh, geography that you guys service? Like, how far away do people go? What's, what's the big circle radius around the, sh- the retail stores? So our main bread and butter is probably going to be within the first... More than 50% of our business comes in the first 50 miles, okay. right? And okay. then we have a reach about 150 miles. What's the biggest uh, city nearby? Uh, so Fort Smith, Arkansas. Then you have in northwest Arkansas, you've got Bentonville. Out to Little Rock is going to be to our east. And then Oklahoma City to our west. But we don't uh, – I don't think that's – Oklahoma City's not really in our main market. Yet. Uh, now we have – some of our bigger builds. I mean, I've got a Hummer that just was shipped to us. From, we went and picked it up in Dallas. I've had some sent to us from Houston. We've sent one down to Fort Lauderdale. So we do get bigger builds that come from all across the country. We have a hauler that we actually will we'll go pick them up. We have we have a two-car hauler that we send and pick up and deliver all across the country if, uh, if that's what the customer dictates. So as a builder in a uh, retail shop, you're walking around SEMA. I'm sure you're here as a, as a truck builder, but also as a buyer. You're looking for new products and all that. What is your vibe of the show this year? What have you seen? Is there is there any trends that are emerging? Anything that you're excited about to bring back home? Uh, so uh, it's been a great show. Uh, I am happy that it's more full than it was last year. Yeah. If you were here last year, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, as far as trends, it seems like we're trending back to, you know, trucks, big wheels. We were huge wheels, 30-inch wheels, 42-inch tires, 44-inch tires. Seems to be the norm, right? Well, well we're, we're going. Do you feel like at a minute, like uh, American Force and TIS had just taken over uh, the oh, scene? That's, I, that's, I feel like those big trucks are starting to contract a little bit, and I feel like there's more like functional builds that are really nice, but also have a lot of thought into them and how they work, right? I think that's where the magic is right now. It's not the big gaudy stuff; it's the really smartly done stuff. Right. That's that's what I was going to say. The we're trending towards getting away from the the huge, huge. I mean, there's there's still a market for that. Uh, but we are trending back down to more six-inch lifted trucks. You know, I mean, eight and ten-inch lifted trucks. 
I see a lot in my store where we're, we're doing big wheel and tire assemblies, but we're trying to stuff them in where everyone says they won't go, right? I don't, I don't want my truck lifted huge in the air anymore. I do still want my big wheels and tires. Can you make that happen? Well, it's not bolt on, but yeah, we can make it happen. Yeah. And that seems what I'm seeing around the show. It's, it's, I'm still seeing people wanting the, the bigger wheels, right? 22s, 20, 24s, big wide wheels. And we're seeing real wild different tire sizes. You mentioned TIS. They've got a lot of great different uh, offsets, different widths of the wheels, and they've got the new TT1 tire that is made in a multitude of different sizes. And we, we actually sell a lot of their, their tires in our store. So that's kind of the trend that I see. We're going back to realistic tire sizes, realistic lifts, function. Function is huge. Overland is, at least from what I've seen, it's not trending as hard as it was. Um, going back to the, the functional list, I do like that the trucks are... I guess it comes down to, with, with the overlanding thing, is what is your customer base? If you've got, like, show truck fans at your particular store, you're going to have, like, if you're known for building lifted and lowered, that kind of, like, uh, you know, it's self-perpetuating, self right? Your fans of your store will come to you for those things. Um, where if you're just the guys who just do overlanding will tend to see just more overlanding bills, right? Or, or, or do, you get, do you get it all? So we don't get it all. Uh, I, like you said, we actually, we didn't do see a lot more of, think of the, like you said, the show style trucks, even our functional trucks that we're building, our six inch lifts with our, our 35 inch tires and our 22 and 24 yep. inch wheel, you know, builds. Uh, still, the bulk of the trucks that we build at our store, really, they're not using them for off-road. They look like off-road machines. Sure. Even when we do the Fab Four builds, like all of the, the armor, uh, but they're not really taking them off-road. Most of my clients aren't. They, they want them to look really pretty. They want that luxury off-road look. So, so they're mall, the mall, mall yeah. crawlers. Mall crawlers, right. bro-dozers. Well, we've heard it all. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's what we specialize in. And, uh, you know what's funny about on. that is they have the same green money as everybody else. Yes, they do. <laughs> uh, in our experience, at least at our store, they seem to have a lot more of that green money than yeah. some. Then you know what? You know, build those all day long. <laughs> and and they don't bring their truck to me all dirty. Like yeah. I don't have to get underneath of oh, it. Power wash it before you do a lift. Exactly. Oh, so It's not rusted all the Hell. Having <laughs> been a former tech, that is the worst. It's like somebody brings in something that just went mud bogging. You're like, oh, I don't want to do this today. Right. H have you noticed with uh, the OEs, all the new vehicles, like, you know, uh, whether it's a Toyota TRD Pro or a uh, GMC AT4X or a AV Bison Edition with Chevy or a TRX Raptor, on and on, Wrangler, Rubicon. Have you noticed that as the manufacturers start putting bigger wheels and tires, things that has that eroded your business at all, or or people like to start with that and go bigger from that base that base point? So uh, the manufacturers have been trying to replace the automotive aftermarket forever. Okay. <laughs> They've been coming for our business since day one. I think all the way back to whenever you know, I don't know. Back to the back 70s, to to probably. Cameras. Yeah, it's like as long as it's like, oh, that's moving good in the aftermarket. Let's put that in. Oh, well, 46 years. That's when SEMA <laughs> started, yeah, right? Yeah. So uh, that. that the OEMs are never going to replace us. It's just not, it, it can't be done. It's no, but like, but you can get a Super Duty from the factory of twenty twos all day long. That probably makes your job easier to modify because you get bigger wheel wells and you get oh yeah you know, a, a truck that has probably you know more robust steering and suspension to start with. So except I, I think for the, except for GM trucks where it's still square. <laughs> right. Yeah, I wish they would get on. I wish GM would get on the trend of giving me a little bit more tire well. Because uh, ever got, you know, I love GM trucks. Uh, a little more tie rod, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. That's true. Uh, but to answer your question about the 
that the, you know the factory lifted trucks or you know leveling kits where they're putting the bigger wheel and tires that doesn't really impact our business we actually ended up selling those guys that, that buy those like the raptor or whatever they'll come in they'll get other accessories from us because like hey i got this new truck and then after they've had it for six months they realize you know what i don't like these factory 22 inch wheels yeah. i know they were cool and they are cool they're, yeah. they're great wheels they come with you know great accessories but the, you know, but the every smart other guy guys, that has a Raptor has yeah. that wheel. <laughs> the, the smart guys pull those off, and they sell them, and they finance whatever their upgrades are. Right? Like exactly. that's the smart money. He's like, get that package, and then take the stuff off. Go see your, go see the shop, and then you know, finance your package through a little, little uh, secondary eBay or Craigslist or offer up action. You'd be surprised how many times I see that my Raptor guy or my <laughs> T-Rex guy. Uh, we'll, we'll come in and we'll pull all, we'll put new stuff on. Then they'll sell it to the guy that had just a Ram yeah. or just had an F-150 that they couldn't get the Raptor, but they wanted the they Raptor want that look. the TRX. So sure. they, they buy all those parts from him. It's like they just trickle down yeah. and then we're outfitting the top. Then it, it's just like that trend continues. They'll move on to the next guy. So it all helps our business. So we're, it just helps us move more units. So what is the scene like in, in Arkansas? Because we don't talk to people in Arkansas that much. We've, we've got listeners out there, but we don't go out there that much. And I, I think the last time I was in that area was like back in the day for like Showfest in Greenville, Mississippi, or you know, oh, like that part of the country, right? Times. Those were good times. Those were great times, man. <laughs> back when so, I worked at Truck and Magazine back in the day. Well, so right? wait a minute, I, what I'm hearing is that he looks younger than he is, right? He's been around for a minute. No, no, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I've never seen anything more amazing than Showfest oh, <laughs> in, in its heyday. I love Showfest, uh, and then I even liked Showfest after it moved to Tunica. It wasn't yeah, the same. It wasn't the same. Wasn't even, wasn't Greenville, the same. It was Greenville was amazing. It was. It was. <laughs> if they could revive that, I don't know if you could. You know, mini truckings make it a comeback. Yeah, I, I've seen I, it. That's something that I see trending. I keep I, seeing I more I lived more it. Of it. I don't know if, if today's society would accept a Showfest all over again. <laughs> you're not wrong. You're, 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 you are not wrong. There are a lot of wrong. stories that I'm afraid to tell. <laughs> would you participate if mini trucking came back? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's Cambered. But, right? It's in your but name. What would you do? So, all right, here we are. It's 2023, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, the hottest thing is small trucks. What's the small truck you start with? Have you thought about it? Do you have in your mind like I go get a Ford Maverick or a Nissan Frontier or a Ra- like what is the one that you are with in your mind someday? You've I know that he's already star, modded one. If in the his stars head. align, this is what I'm doing. Oh, if it was a new truck, yeah, I don't know. has I'm, to be a new truck. Has to be a new truck. Yeah. Ah. Uh, because there's no perfect answer, right? There's that's not, why. Because there's no true mini truck. Oh, of course, but that's where the, that's the beauty get, of the question. You can is, get close-ish. Yeah. What oh. would you do? Because you can, you can get the vibe out there, you know. Because anybody can go buy the used one. Fine, whatever. I want to see like what does mini trucking look like today? If you only had a. a you small were here last Today's year. There was a, there was a, a Maverick in the Toyota Tread Pass yeah. that was really well done. I've seen a few Mavericks. They look good. Yes. Again, a few it's, Frontiers, a it's, few Chevys. It's, it's truckish. Colorados. Yeah. Did you see, uh, you know, I know it's, it's not a Mini, but did you see the Tundra that's sitting out front of Central, close to where our truck is, that uh, Fat Fabs did? It's oh. a, a laid out Tundra. Oh, man. Dude. So, the, the white one. Yes. So yeah. the thing about that, that thing, hopefully beautiful. we'll be talking to him on the, po- on the podcast. The I've thing got about that big old grill, right, uh-huh. is when you see it, you're like, oh, dude, you need to have big wheels and tires. It's too much. Because you see it with the stock wheels and tires. Oh, yeah. But when you see it slammed, it almost looks like a locomotive, right? Like, that's the front of the train right there, you know? And it just looks like it's going to, you know, just mow everything mag- over. Mow you over. <laughs> yeah, I love the new Tundra. We we did a Tundra last year for the SEMA show. We did, I don't know if you, 
If you saw an 18-inch lifted Tundra, it was ours because it's the only <laughs> one that exists. No one else has duplicated 18 it. 18 inches. Yeah, we have the only 18-inch overstock lifted Tundra that exists <laughs> wow. right now. So I know that Brian at Bulletproof is doing the 12-inch, yes. but you're six inches above his lift? Right, and we had a finished truck at SEMA last year. Wow. It was in the TIS off-road booth. Where's that truck today? Uh, it's sitting at my shop right now just collecting dust. <laughs> oh, so that's a shop truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's what we market with on our local, uh, you know, local. Okay. Nice. So we put big wide fenders on it from Fiberworks. So we, we did a lot of a lot of different parts, made a, take it all the way back to 2015. We built a 2010 GMC half-ton truck that we did a, a big, I think we did 12 inches of lift. Don't quote yeah. me on that. I'm not, you know, it's been a few years. Ish. Uh, ish. And we did these wide, big, big wide fenders and... That was kind of a, a look that we had, right? A giant lifted truck that had pre-runner fenders yeah. on it. That it wasn't a long travel suspension, but it, it kind of made it proportional. Yep. So that was what we had as our almost like a sign at our store forever, and everyone knew us by. It, but it was time for a refresh. So we built. We wanted to build the first Tundra. So we got with several companies. We shipped that truck all over the country, <laughs> and had parts made for it. Work with Addictive Desert Design. We worked with Fireworks to get all those fenders to replicate that same build, but in the but new Tundra. In the Tundra, yeah. And then we went even bigger, so we could put four on it and then we were working with TIS so we did a set of 26 by 16 wheels and nice. it's still it's crazy we were we thought we were making the push to try to you know be the first or be one of the first and that's why we were pushing for SEMA last year and I've been walking around the SEMA show and I still haven't seen another another one produced so uh, congrats have you seen the uh, I don't know if it's a Silverado or a GMC Sierra the slammed dually in Central Hall I think it's Anza Lighting or it's one of the lighting companies. It's black. It's another Fat Fabs build, and it's laid out on I don't know 30s or something or larger. It just everything Fat Fabs does is oh, it, they're one of the one of the guys that we haven't interviewed yet. You're gonna like. I, I feel like I'm almost scared to interview them because I've been talking <laughs> he, about them talking for, about for like, five yeah. years. Yeah, every yeah. time he sees one, it's like you know, and he just I'm like, well, go talk to him. I don't do, you know, yeah. his oh. wilt's like a little flower. I, well, I feel like it's. I, I don't want to interview my hero and be let down, yeah. right? Because I'm telling you, fat we do that with the, we do that hero. with interviewees all the time. Right? Let them down. <laughs> what, what they do with the trucks is is just on another level. Yeah. Like if you've been under one, I've been by their shop. I actually saw that that Tundra uh, before it was finished, and it, it's just. You need to if you haven't made time. You need to scoot on over to Oklahoma and stop by their their shop. It'll impress you. Fat Fab started a YouTube channel and they got off to a great start and then they just ran out of steam. I want to see every build start to finish and they just don't have the bandwidth apparently or the staff to like do it. They had a new videographer that was doing a bunch of stuff and then they just kind of petered out. And I'm and I see these trucks appear. I go right to the YouTube channel. Nothing. I'm like I want to see the whole truck blown apart. I want to see all the welding, just all the hack smithery oh man the, and their sheet metal work even even outside of their framework their sheet metal work is just when you look at it you don't even realize they've modified it like yeah. especially you're talking about these new the one tons like if you're looking at that uh, like you know on the dually where the where it flares out right well if you're looking at a fat fab truck you just look at it, it just flows right you can't well they're supposed yeah. to be a step there Okay, there, there's a, there's a step there. Look at a stock one. But They've you don't even notice it's gone. You all just notice that it's clean. It's like wow, this yeah. is clean. The body lines are still there. They've recreated all yeah. that, and they made it look factory. Yeah, it's it'll it'll blow your mind. If you look at one, then you go in there, and they don't tell you. They're gonna look at you and wait for you to notice it, and then he's gonna tell if you. If you don't call him, I will. Okay, I'll call. Yeah. Him. I'll call <laughs> him finally. Put it in. Put in a good word for us. <laughs> all right, definitely. Yeah. Well, listen. Congratulations on the success of the shop. Cambered yep. Customs, right? Yes, yes, that's right. All right, how do people find you on Instagram and Facebook? Uh, so our it's at Cambered Customs. 
That's, I mean, that's pretty enough. easy. Pretty Love simple. Them. Okay. Right on, man. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate you. Thanks for, for hanging out with us in the uh, EGR booth. Yeah. Thank you, guys. All right. All right, Holman. We're joined by John O'Neill now. No, 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 no. Johnny O. Johnny O. Well, they both I, work. I know. Johnny O. So Johnny O is famous in Orange County, California, and, and beyond for product photography and shooting gorgeous shots he's of more, cars and trucks. He's more famous for being a uh, magazine guy. He and I were like magazine toddlers. We had like a little baby diapers on. Is that true? I didn't know that. I still wear diapers. Yeah. <laughs> no, not that part. That you were a magazine guy. I <laughs> yeah, didn't know of course. that. Yeah, I started at street trucks or sport truck, and then went to street trucks, and yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I once saved him from an uh, uh, imminent arrest in Austin, Texas. Oh, really? Tell me more. No, nope. that's not. No, let's that's, that's <laughs> not tell you more. Did okay. you remember how Finnegan told, was about to tell you that story that he had about me, and I, I stopped it because I have kids? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's, exactly, to say, that's exactly what's going on oh, here. Oh, really? Yeah. It's just, okay. It's just, I just want you to know that a Coke machine did fly off the second floor of the hotel into the swimming pool, and that's when we left. A whole Coke machine? In the entire Coke machine. Like a full-size six-foot-tall Coke oh, machine? Yeah. yeah. How's I mean, that possible? So uh, apparently it's top-heavy, <laughs> and if you just walk by it, it falls over. Right. Oh, especially God, it's a, it's if it a goes defect up. in the design. Well, especially I if see. it goes against the rail, and and the rail leverages the top over. Mm. This, these, it's decades it was, ago, it was really though. windy then. Decades ago, like, we don't need to go. By but, the way, but all, we're all, we're all grown now. We're grown, we mature. Do that kind of stuff anymore. Yeah. Did you know that Johnny O is my latest employer? What? It's yeah. True story. Yeah. I now I, I now employ him to come to my studio and do videos uh, for some of my clients. Post videos and uh, install stuff. Since when? Last week, I think. So, two weeks ago. <laughs> wait a second, hold on. So Johnny, he walks over and I'm like, "Hey, what's going on? We should put you on the microphone." And do you, I'm like, "You know, Sean, do you like?" He's like, "I know. Uh, what are you talking about? I have no idea that there's this connected wait, tissue between you." You had no idea that Johnny and I were friends. No, really? Yes, I did not. Did I know that? I you assume. Would, yeah, I would figure. I don't. Why? Why would you assume that I? I don't know. In the same industry for 25 years? No. It, it is a fair point because, I mean, me and Jay have only talked I mean, a few times. I shot, I shot your truck in the studio. I, I, so I reached out to friends and said, I need a great photographer. Uh -huh. And then someone's like, you got to re talk to talk to Johnny. You know what's so, funny? I'm you glad didn't that Sean didn't me. say that. <laughs> you didn't even ask me and I would have sent you the same place. I don't I don't know, but he shot rad photos and here yeah. we are he likes today. He to use fire, which is amazing. I, he, luckily, he didn't use fire anywhere near our truck, but... Uh, I can. You can, well, maybe it's in the future. I need because the last time you shot Lockjaw, it was all bare metal and right. it was, had no interior. It wasn't finished. It was before the last SEMA, and so now it's done. It's done, 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 and has a beautiful interior and it's ready for you to shoot again for its final shots. I can't wait. I can't wait to bring that thing to the studio. I mean, like, it, your truck is so ridiculous that in a studio setting, it's it's perfect. You know, it's that, that, very three dimensional. One one of one of my favorite shots is when that bed is opened up and you know just it's crazy. Yeah, you. I assume you've shot dump beds before, some mini stuff like that. But this is not a traditional dump bed. Right. We've for those of you who haven't seen Lockjaw, it's the '66 Chevy C20. It's more like a split bed. It is a split but bed, it, but it's split on the, the uh, longitudinal pl plane, right? right? So like it's like the, the bed is in two halves, so the top part cantilevers up. So when uh, Jeffrey Transu drew that up, I told him I wanted to do a dump bed. And he came back and said, why should you, let's not do a full dump bed. You see this parting line, this, this line that you know, bisects the entire bed. Let's just split it and lift it, that section up. I'm like, that's freaking, absolutely, let's do that. We had no idea how much work that would be. Right, and then That you, bed was not designed to be disassembled. Like I, that. I, I recall you telling me while we were shooting your truck, 
how many problems that created. Somebody the entire inner structure you had to build. First off, somebody, Eric Ryder, Gail's grandson, one of our engineers, spent a week just cutting it apart because somebody back in 1965, before the truck was released, got paid by the spot weld. There were hundreds and hundreds of spot welds that either had to be grinded or drilled. It was obnoxious. It, it was anyway. Yeah, just once we got the bed apart, it just fell apart in pieces. We were like, oh my God, it's got no structure. So then we had to go in CAD and design this incredible lattice work to hold it all together. looks awesome. Yeah. All right, so So, let's get to the point where we find out how are you supposed to capture the vehicle in photos? Because everybody has an iPhone now, and everybody thinks that they're a photographer, and there's some great tools out there. But from a professional photographer who's been doing it for years, both in studio and in the wild, and in the wild's way harder, right? It's it's very different. The, the lighting's different, especially the time of day if you're outside. The harsh lights of LED or fluorescent inside of a, a hall versus you have a controlled setting in your studio where you set the lights the way you want and then you go to town on it. So maybe talk us through, like, what does it take to shoot a truck? What are some tips for people? Let's go through three scenarios, make it easier on you. So first, let's say outdoor. Most guys park it on a beach or they have it in a parking lot. Uh, what What's the number one thing or what take me through shooting it outdoor? Okay, I think, well, hold on. The, the number one thing you need to have is a fingerprint over your lens. No, nope, that clean is your the, lens. That's the first thing that you should Dude, do. Dude, I shot a video. One of my guys at work did not clean the lens. We shot the whole video and I got it back. I'm like, why is this whole thing blurry? He's like, so oh, I, didn't, I didn't clean. I'm like, how did you not... Just you had one job. You had one job. Look at the lens. It's, it's yeah. like, like, like like they applied a Snapchat filter to you. <laughs> like, oh, it, it, well, remember Barbara Walters, that old... Uh, no, Barbara Wawa. Barbara Wawa. <laughs> they used to put Vaseline over the lens just shooting her because she was so old and decrepit that she wanted it to be uh, like kind of smooth. I'm, I'm going to fact check this. I'm not sure that, that that's look true. Up it's Vaseline. true. It's true. That's actually what we use on you when you come into the oh, studio. Oh, shoot you. But it makes my beard look blurry. A little bit. It can. <laughs> it Va- also gets in my beard, which is weird. <laughs> well, I, hold on. You're using Vaseline in the wrong way. Be on the lens, my Oh, friend. you meant during the photo shoot. Mm-hmm. Got it. Exactly. Bit, wait a minute. No. <laughs> so, outdoor. Yeah. So, when, when I started in the magazine industry, I remember I had uh, a great editor named Kevin Wilson. You remember him? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, and he used to give me some, some very rigid... Uh, direction on on how to shoot a vehicle, and some of it was great, and some of it was just old school. Too rigid, yeah. A little too rigid, but a few of the things was don't park it on grass. Oh, really? It, it makes it look lower though if you have a lower truck. It does, but you don't drive your truck on grass, right? When, and, and the grass also reflects up on the paint sometimes does. too. Oh. Yeah. So I, at that bo- at that bottom rocker, especially yep. if you're, it's a lowered truck, you end up getting this like crazy texture that goes through it. Not, not what you want to do. Uh, no telephone poles or things growing out that, of the roof that, of the truck. That a, was a big that's one. That's still a huge one for yeah. me. Like if I, if I look at a set of photos from even a great photographer yeah. and it's got this tree growing right out of the it. bed and it, you know, even if it's got a cool yeah. canopy above doesn't it, doesn't matter. I'm like, God, dude, just move the truck, the truck. over a little bit. Yeah. Let that thing sit behind yep. it and not in the middle of it. But yeah, yeah. like you said, telephone poles, light wires, poles, light poles. Wires. Oh. And then uh, for me, the other thing is steering wheel straight. I cannot stand and this is just being an old school magazine guy yeah. I cannot stand when somebody shoots photos and the steering wheel's crooked yeah drive I'm like I used to even when I was at four wheeler and was running editorial team like I would grind people for that I'm like yeah. no we do not and trash also because you'll go to a lot of shows and somebody do you look at my sick interior there's like bag of Doritos on the floor and a <laughs> half open water bottle so those are mine what about well, the logo on the center cap on the wheel should it be so you can read it if possible, if possible. I, I, I tried to I, I try to rotate every wheel so that it the, at least the front wheel logo is straight because obviously 
lining up two wheels without yeah. a jack is, is kind of hard. I can do it in the studio, but on location, it's, it, it's pretty difficult. What do I do about harsh lighting of the sun? Well, there's a couple times of the day that you can shoot. Uh, they're, they're called golden hours. Um, and one's in the very, you know, in the morning when the, the sun's rising, and the other one is in the evening when the sun's setting. Jay, Jay calls those his brown hours because those <laughs> are when he's busiest. <laughs> that's funny. That's true, actually. I don't actually have an after. It's just in the morning. That's, that's, yeah. My brown hour is right around 9 a.m. Uh, okay. J- j- just well, put a pin in that real quick, though. The reason why that is a better light is because as that, as that giant fireball in the sky goes over the horizon, you're not getting direct sunlight. You're getting soft sunlight. It, it's it's essentially like a giant soft box for that big ball of fire that's in the sky. And so then you don't have harsh shadows. Everything you know in the background and the foreground is the same consistency. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's why Golden Hour exists. Okay, what kind of lens should I shoot it? Do I want to blow out the background so it's out of focus? Do I want everything in focus? Do I want to shoot it with a you're talking fa- about depth high of field? Depth of field? Yeah. Do I want to blow out the background? It, it depends on the style that you're going for. A lot of detail shots, I will blow out the background. I'll, that bokeh, uh, I will you know choose a, choose an aperture that's going to blow you know blow that out. But on most shots, I'm I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to go to a low aperture. It's a, it's a higher aperture, so most things are in focus. Um, but really, it depends on that style that you're going for. The other thing I would ask, too, is some people like to shoot with sol- uh, sun flare or lens flare. Yeah. Right? And and some, it's like a total no-go. Right. And, I've seen, and I don't think there's one that's right or wrong, but I don't like when the lens flare is over the details of the vehicle. Like if, it, if it's in the photo and it's adding some texture to the photo, like I'm good with that. But if it's sitting right on the like, you know, the emblem of the vehicle, um, and then the other thing is um, direct overhead high noon where you get long cast shadows vertically like from a, a side view mirror or something like that. Those one, are hard. One of my favorite things to do is to look at a photo set and and figure out what time of day they shot it. Because just like you said, if that sun's right up above you, you're going, oh, it was 12, 1 o'clock, 2 yeah. o'clock, depending on the shadows, you know. So yeah, we definitely definitely need to take into consideration the, the lighting, uh, especially when you're outdoors. I mean, when I in, in my studio, the reason why I can work eight to five is because I control all the light. I don't have sun, I don't have shadows. I'm bringing my own light sources in there. Uh, vertical or landscape? Uh, I mean, if I'm shooting a cover, it's going to be vertical. Of course. If I'm shooting, you know, uh, a feature, it's going to be horizontal. Um, but to go back to your point about uh, focal, focal length. Um, I usually like longer focal lengths. I remember when I started, I thought that wide photos were super cool. Like a 28 millimeter versus a 35 millimeter? It it, it looked punk rock. It looked like the the skate, you know, photos that I I grew up looking at. Skateboards in your face. Every Beastie Boys album cover. Yeah, you know, hands out and everything looks like a bubble lens. And then as you get older and you mature and stuff like that, you figure out that a longer focal lens like gets rid of the distortion. So your vehicle now looks as straight as it can. The wheels look as circular as they can. The closer you get to something with a wider focal lens, everything bubbles out and looks you know, kind of goofy. And that, that can still work for some shots, but I prefer a longer focal length. Okay, what about guys who say, don't worry about it, I'll fix it, because I know Photoshop? That's something that I, I hear from clients a lot. You know, we're shooting something and they'll be like, oh, don't worry, we'll just fix it in post. And yeah, you can always fix stuff in post, but it's always better just to do it when you're doing it. Like what you were say- saying, uh, Sean, about, you know, trash and water yeah. bottles. Yeah, you can you can pop those out, yeah. no big deal in Photoshop. 
but also you could just take two seconds yeah, and empty yeah, yeah, yeah. the car. Yeah. yeah. Well, and one of the things like, so mine's a little bit different than yours because you usually have clean trucks because you're doing lowered on the street, usually a show truck, like that's kind of that vibe. And then moving from trucking into four wheeler, it was like, I didn't mind the trucks being dirty because they're in the dirt. Like why would we polish and wax them and take the California car duster to them on a photo shoot? Cause that's not natural. It's not, I would clean the windows so you didn't have like windshield wiper lines on it, but I didn't mind the paint being dirty. But that being said, there's certain, you know, uh, it depends on the paper you're using or the resolution. There's certain scratches or certain things that you can hide and where you're like, it's funny, somebody will obsess over a detail and you're like, you won't even see that in the photo. And, or they'll be like, oh, this needs to be clean. And you're just like, it doesn't matter, that doesn't matter. So it's it's like figuring out over time. There's a balance. Yeah, and, and what your style is. Is it, are you going for pristine? And sometimes you get into two, a you know like perfect example uh off-road truck outside's dirty windshield's clean so it still has like its purpose but you get inside and somebody has two size 11 boot prints on the floor (laughs) mat and you're like come on because i don't want the interior dirty right i just i want people to see this is the truck of its element but detail shots are agnostic so to me you're not doing a detail shot in the outdoors or the indoors or dirt or not dirt. So for me, the, de- the interior should always be clean. I, I feel it's, it's just context. Yeah. So if the vehicle is a show vehicle, it should look like a show vehicle in photos. In photos. If it's an off-road vehicle, it should probably look like an off-road vehicle oh, in so you, photos. So instead of a water bottle, there's Monster? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Speaking of Monster, I'm going to have mine. Uh, so one of my favorite photography styles is the roll, rolling shots. Do you do rollers? Panblers? Yeah. yeah. What do you call them? Panbler? Panbler? Well, yeah, okay. You're, you're, There's different styles. But yeah, you're, you're, you're basically just dragging the shutter at, at, while you're in motion. When, when I do rollers, uh, obviously you're in a vehicle ahead or behind of the other vehicle. Uh, you don't need to go super fast. I, I think some people think that because of the photos they see and they have so much motion in them, they're like, oh, you got to go 80 miles an hour down a highway. No, 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 no. No, you can do 35 yeah. miles an hour. In a parking lot. In a parking lot. And as long as the car that you're in and the car behind you are the same uh, speed and you're just dragging that shutter. So what dragging means is you're, you're leaving it open for longer. So you're focusing on the vehicle, you take that shutter speed, you go below 60th of a second. At least I start at 60, go down maybe 30 or so depending. And then, um, yeah, you just, the, the, the trick is, fire off a hundred shots, yeah. maybe a thousand shots. You may what, use two of them. Yeah, you're going to get two of them that are going to be okay, and the rest are going to be, you know, unusable. But, but is, they is, only need to show the two the two that work. So, like, it's funny, it was when we were shooting for my boss, Gail Banks, he's like, you should only be taking one or two shots. They should be, like, he wants you to have every setting dialed, and it drives it him cuckoo. It doesn't cuck- really work that way. It drives him cuckoo when... My photographer goes out and he's got a new, you know, Canon 5D Mark IV. He's motor driving. And he's like, yeah. Can I ask you a question? Just, just spray. Has Has Mr. Banks ever used a camera? Yes. <laughs> is he good at it? A film camera. Okay. Well, that, a that's film camera. camera. So, so there, that's 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 the problem. Is that I'm like, we can, we got this. That's like, where that mindset every, comes from. Is I only have yeah. 36 exposures. Exactly. Each one has to be good. Right. When you go into the digital realm, like we did yeah. 20 years ago, Dude, we used to we started. Unlimited. We were looking at film on light tables with loops mm-hmm. and picking out our photos. And you were trying to see if a photo was crisp, if it was sharp, if it was soft, if it. The, the contrast, you, are you seeing any detail inside the, the shaded fender well where you can still see the tread of the tire, all that kind of stuff. You're doing that on a tiny little strip of film that was, you know, that was exposed. Yep, yep. I mean, it, it wasn't like, oh, well, let's blow all these. And then we switched over to digital and it was like, 
Holy crap. Although the early digitals, like our attendees, sucked. Early, like, early digital was rough. They could not replicate reds. Right. Everything was really orangey. Yep. And they could not replicate detail inside shadows, yes. inside uh, anything that was dark. And then, so there was big challenges because initially we had to use film for the covers for a long time because we just couldn't get the detail out of the digital cameras at first. Um, they just weren't good enough until probably, what, the 40D? Yeah, yeah, probably around there. I, I just remember it was right around 9-11 that yep. we all switched yep. around because I remember uh, going through TSA checkpoints with with boxes and boxes yeah. of slide film. Yeah. And they're like, I want to check every, every single, single one. one of these. Yeah. And you're like, well, I brought 40 <laughs> rolls of yeah. film with me. And they're like, yeah, we're going to check every single one. Yeah. And it was just shortly after that that uh, our bosses came in like, here's a 10D. And yeah. I'm like... Even if it's not that great, I just don't want yeah, to go through yeah. TSA again. Yeah, totally. <laughs> the double-digit cannons are well, never as good as the single-digit cannons. We, right? we started with 10Ds, and then eventually the, 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 the bigger photographers or the motor truck guys got like 5Ds and things like that. But well, the ballers had 1Ds. They still yeah, do. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't know if our company ever got that for, you know... It's Maybe so the funny very because top it's, I always laughed about that when I went to photo shoots at, at, at the publishing companies. They always had like... They never had the top dog cameras. It's one because or, it was, once or twice. Yeah, but it they was, knew you were going to break it and lose it at Showfest. Yeah, you know, so you, you break it and lose it, and they were commodity cameras. They had to be. But yeah. you're you're shooting for a freaking magazine. Yeah, well, that's all you had is visuals. We were well, happy you, to have new cameras, you're, dude. You're also <laughs> some of us use our own stuff. You're also forgetting that some of those magazine publishing companies were the cheapest things on the planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so, so. They they would give you exactly what you could what they could afford. Yeah. for you to do your job. Yeah. Yep. And a lot of people went out and bought their own gear, and mm-hmm. they ran their own gear because yeah. they like their name was attached to it. And they're like, I'm not happy with the gear the company gave me to have my name attached to that. Yeah. Any other tips on rollers before we move off that topic? So um, a rolling shot. So maybe the, the, the last little thing that Should I... Should I get as low as I can to the ground without hitting losing my camera at 35 miles an hour on the highway? I mean, you can do whatever you want to. But, uh, yeah, I mean, low is cool. Uh, high is cool. And any... Any perspective that is not eye level is usually the best yep. because we all look at eye level every single day. So it looks just normal to us. Mm-hmm. So when you do something that's lower or higher, it's always going to have more impact. Um, the only other thing I'd say with, with the rollers is I have seen some, um, they, they make these little attachments for the bottom of cameras that's basically like a gyro. And so what it does is stabilizes that. Some of the lenses have that already in them, but you can pair the two of those and stabilize your shot a little bit more. Because the lenses do not make the camera balanced, Correct. right? So you'll get into it and you may have this cool angle that you want and the lens is too heavy or the camera's are balanced and you can't hold it steady or you can't get the angle you want because there's, you know, the, there might be the, the tripod little, you know, um, attachment on the bottom that you can't lay the camera flat because yeah, that's sitting you. there, yeah. Yeah, okay. so I mean, that, that's pretty much it. And I guess when we get to a studio shot, I mean, it's game on. You're controlling everything the way you, the way that you do in your sh- uh, sh- shop. You've got all the soft boxes. It's all diffuse lighting. Uh, you, you use fire in your place. I guess sky's the limit. So I, we can't really give tips for a studio because then, I guess, well, you'd I'd be a professional the, the photographer. Only, the only thing to, to remember is that any light source is a light source. So whether it's you're outside and it's the sun, or you're inside and it's a soft box or a strobe, or like you're referring to this this photo shoot that I just did for uh, street trucks, where I literally used fire to light a vehicle, um, and that was you know this this long strip of cotton, kind of like a, a karate belt that I, I tied to a pole. I, I soaked it in kerosene, 
I lit it, and then I walked behind it with a long exposure that was like 15, 20 seconds, and the natural light from that ended up lighting the whole shot. So, If that sounds rad to you, uh, go to uh, Johnny O's Instagram, at Johnny O Photo, and there's all sorts of great photos and just all the stuff that, that you've done over the years. And um, But you'll scroll down and you'll see, it's a, was that a C10 or a C20? C, uh, C10. Yeah, so C10 okay. with fire behind it. It's rad. And, you, and I think you even posted some outtakes of like how you did it uh, somewhere. And I was so like, that's pretty rad. There, there is a video that, that my team created with like a behind the scenes. It, it tells the story of the truck. Um, Jason Fonte grabbed this truck out of the Paradise Fire uh, up in Northern California. It was one of these trucks that just got completely burned to the ground. And so he buys this truck. It's completely patinaed, and he leaves the body the way it is, puts a roadster shop chassis nice. underneath it, you know, completely does everything else, but leaves the body the way it was. And uh, with that fire shot, that's something I've, I've wanted to try. Um, there, there's a dude named Easton Chang. I think he was one of the first ones to ever do that fire shot. And ever since I saw his stuff, I was like, I gotta do it. Yeah. But you gotta find the right vehicle, at least in my opinion. And so once Jason approached me about shooting this thing, I was like, Dude. well, it came from fire. We <laughs> yeah, gotta right. shoot it with fire. Totally. Yeah. So last question is, what could, uh, you don't have to say what you charge, but what can the average truck owner that's got a, a show truck, or maybe if it's, it's beat up and he wants to save it for posterity, what should the average truck owner expect to pay for a professional photographer to shoot it in a studio? Hmm. 300, 1800? What, what what's the all, range? All the hundreds? Yeah, all the hundreds. No, I mean, I, so, I don't so know. That, what's that the is, range? That is literally one of the hardest things in the photography world is that, you know, if you go to one, you know, one store that, that sells things and another store that sells things that are about the same, right? That's never existed in photography. You can, you can talk to some photographers that do weddings, and that's yeah. a $50,000 It's job. like tattoos, right? It's, it an, it's like, an artist thing, right? Well, even, even those have kind of, like, limited out. You know, everyone's like, oh, we, this is our base pay. Sure. But in photography, I feel like maybe we're approaching that. Um, my, my, my base pay is $125 an hour. Um, if, I, if I take your, your vehicle in the studio and I'm going to shoot it all day, $125 an hour, and I'm going to charge you for editing it, too. 125 an hour on top of that. Okay. So I want to ask you about editing. What do you think about, so certain magazines out there that were around and then certain uh, manufacturers do a lot of saturation and Photoshop after the fact. So that's when the colors are overly vibrant. And, and there's certain repeat offenders. When you get a file out of a camera, it's raw. Some people will shoot in the, you know, the high JPEG so that they can save it, but it's not going to be as good as raw. But then you see people, oh, I'm going to go in post. And then what they do in post is like the photo is so different than the, what was taken. Like what's the balance? What's the right balance in post editing to get a photo? Is it what you want it to look like or is it a, a you know, recording of posterity for the moment? Like what is, where do you find that balance? Well, a lot of it comes from experience. You know, like I, I used, I remember I fell into the trap of what's called HDR. Um, High dynamic, dynamic range because yes. it overlays a couple of different versions of the photo. One is overexposed, one's underexposed. I think one's in the middle. One's in the middle. And then basically the software combines those so that the one in the middle, or maybe the the overexposed one gives you a blue uh, blue sky, but the underexposed one gives you detail in the shadows or Correct. something like that. I, I, you're absolutely right. So w when that when that first came out, you know that was the thing that that you know we were all using. But the trap in that was that. When you, put, when you let the software put it all together, 
the presets were always, I would call it, overcooked. Yeah. Everything just looked way too saturated. And you lose a little bit of soul in the photo, you too. You do. You do, for sure. You know, by, by falling into all of the traps that you will as a photographer, as an editor, eventually you learn not everything has to be that overcooked look. Um, I mean, now now they do they do actually have these uh, these different presets that you can get, you know, for different tones. I don't really use those just because if if I'm going to shoot something, when I'm usually there, that's the vision that's well, in that's my head. Saying. You're already you kind of know what you want to end up with, right. and you're setting up the shot to start there rather than editing something so far to get there in the in post, uh, right? A, a lot of people yeah. use editing to correct, yeah. to get to a point they thought they were going to be yeah. at. I use editing to see what I saw when I was there. Yeah. Dude, appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for, thanks for wandering up to the booth. How many uh, SEMAs? <laughs> uh, this is my 23rd, I think. Dude, that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. We're old. Okay. We're so old. <laughs> I'll buy you some diapers. All right, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need them real soon. <laughs> Thank you, Johnny. So inside the booth within the booth, the uh, the, the Truck Show podcast, we have uh, Scott Spiva from Icon Dynamics, and your truck is the one sitting here. That is my truck. Well, it's my fiance's truck. Oh, okay. So I'm <laughs> guilty by association. Okay. That is there. a sexy tundra, I Thank gotta you. say. Thank you. It's a white and black kind of the stormtrooper look to it. Right, right. So, she doesn't like that. That no? I call it that, but it's okay. <laughs> but it is way. Why would you not like that? Stormtroopers are cool. I mean, they can't they well, can't hit anything with a laser a gun. Oh, but uh, we'll never run into anything that way. I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm assuming you have Icon Vehicle Dynam uh, Dynamic Suspension on it, and then uh, you've been working with the EGR guys, and they totally. kind of outfitted it and and here it is in the booth yeah it's it's funny because uh she got it and um she's like i really want a tunnel cover and she was looking online and she's like they don't make anything yeah. for this truck yet i'm like well just give some time <laughs> yeah. uh, they will i know and, people uh, and here we are yeah, yeah yeah it worked out now have you was the truck built for the show or have you guys have some miles on it have you used it or was it like throw all the product on get the show and then you'll get it after no we've used it um yeah. she's had it for about a year now i oh, guess okay. and um we don't wheel it that much. Yeah. It's too nice. Too new yeah, yeah. still. But uh, wheeled it a little bit at uh, King of the Hammers this spring, wintertime, February, I guess. And um, she works good. So, I mean, I put some new stuff on it for the show. Because, yeah. you know, it's... Because yeah, you got well, to. It's well, everybody, show. Yeah, right. everybody totally. jumped into uh, Tundra right away. Mm -hmm. And then I followed, you know, the, the 10 suspension manufacturers and shops and everybody who's trying to be the first. And then there's, like, some teething problems, mm -hmm. right? There was a lot of stuff that this is a brand new platform. You know, they've got hybrid in it. It's, it's uh, you know, a lot of differences. And it's shared with a lot of the upcoming stuff, like Land Cruiser and Tacoma. And there's Toyota kind of, I think, future-proofed it in a way. Mm -hmm. But it also changed kind of how you approach Toyota. So maybe talk about what were some of the things on the platform. Because you guys went through a few variations as you kind of ramped up product for the Tundra lineup. Well, I, I think the biggest challenge was that they have so many different configurations of the truck. Yeah. Like, it's the same truck, but there's uh, all the trims, and this package doesn't fit with this. And you have air, you have coils, and it's just a fitment's kind of a nightmare. So yeah. it took us a while to nail all that down, really. So When did you start? Did, did, did you have to wait till one showed up on the showroom yeah, floor? Or was there a SEMA measuring session that you took advantage of? We did some measuring sessions okay. with SEMA. And yeah. then um, we usually, like, Toyota's kind of our, our thing. So we bought one as soon as we could. So um, Icon's got a, a 22. We started with a 3-inch kit like it's on it right now on my truck. 
And, uh, and then it went to the six inch kit that we make now. Um, we actually won a new product award for that. That's awesome. Congrats. Congrats. Oh, thank Great. you. Thank you. We're stoked. You know, it's just uh, one new product after another. So now we, the only thing we have left to check off the list would be the air version. Um, okay. They just sit lower in the back and we yep. got to lift the back some. What can a customer who wants to get into the new Tundra, what are the levels of kits? I mean, I know you guys offer your own line of shocks. You have different lift heights. You've got coilover setups. You've got leveling. What is that, I guess, product walk of kind of the entry level on up to all the wazoo stuff that you have? Uh, entry level wise, we start, we have a, a coilover that uses or reuses the factory coil spring. Mm-hmm. Just a more cost-effective option. Uh, still an icon shock, same tuning, same everything else. Just uh, not as much lift because it, the coil's kind of limited a yeah. little bit. Not as much wheel travel. Um, and then it goes um, up from there. You add on upper control arms, uh, different full coilovers that are adjustable, reservoirs, um, adjusters for the compression damping, and we have electronic damping adjustment now. Oh, oh wow! Do. Yeah. When did that start? A couple years ago now. Okay. Honestly, yeah. Oh. It's uh, that's it's rad. Like it's. The shock's not doing anything different yep. than, than it ever has. Um, it's just how the, the adjuster's actuated, but it's um, it's all G-force sensitive. So we've got accelerometers in the in the truck that are looking for vertical Gs and lateral mm-hmm. Gs, and then it just changes the shock damping uh, from your baseline, and it's all interfaced through an, like an iOS app. Uh, it's almost so like a fancy bypass in a sense, except you don't have the mechanical tubes and things like that. You're controlling it through the spool valves or some sort of an orifice that a solenoid can control. Yep, exactly. Okay. It's um, it's got a a like a second piston in the mm-hmm. reservoir that uh, with more valving in it, okay. and they're all tuned specific for the application. And then we have a solenoid that uh, basically controls. Uh, how much oil bleeds around that. Yeah. So the stiffer settings, it forces more through that other piston to generate more force. And then- um, And you still have a piston, I'm assuming that's velocity dependent or uh, velocity sensitive. Totally. So basically you kind of have two tiers of adjustability. You have the mechanical adjustability that shock's naturally gonna do anyway, mm-hmm. based on speed of the shaft. And, and then you have the G sensitivity through the electronics and you mm-hmm. can kind of combine those two to really dial in the ride, no matter what the terrain is and what's going on. Yeah, and the idea of how it works best, I guess, is to have it set up, you know, so it's softer. So it rides compliant, yeah. you know, it's not chattering your teeth out if it's on you know, washboards and yeah. that sort of thing. And then as soon as it feels a uh, G-force change, um, based on your settings in the app and you have a lot of control over it, it'll uh, immediately, and it's like a 40 millisecond reaction time, change it to That's a fast. new shock setting. Yeah, it's so before the wheels leave the ground, it's on a new shock setting. Think about a roller coaster and you're like, okay, up to the top. And then as you go over the top, you kind of brace yourself. That's basically what's happening. You feel that G-force is starting to drop out and you're essentially preparing yourself by stiffening up. And that's kind of what the shocks are doing. Exactly, yeah. And it's consistent ride quality. And you don't have to, you know, with the knob, if you want to go fast, you generally crank it up so it's stiff. But then when you're not going fast, you're like, ah, this is going to be kind of rough. So now you don't have to deal with that anymore. Awesome. And that system is available right now for the Tundra. Right now. Correct. In, okay. In both a three-inch lift and our six-inch kit. How excited are you guys for the upcoming Tacoma? Very stoked. Yeah, it's... Um, that's uh, your business for the next 10 years probably, right? I mean, that's that's basically... That's your bread and butter. Yeah, it's been our bread and butter since uh, day one here at Icon for the most yep. part. But um, we're stoked. Um, you know, we've been peeking around at it and everything, and it's similar to what we got going yep. on here. Um, it's, 
I think it's going to be better in a lot of ways. Uh, well, I like the fact that the frame's fully boxed now. Yeah. And what that gives you, obviously, is stiffness, which allows the suspension to be able to work. Like, before, you had to take into account how much movement there was in the frame in your suspension tuning. And it would take away, kind of, I guess you would say, blunt the ability of the suspension to do its job. Whereas the new truck is so much stiffer, <laughs> you're really going to be able to dial in that ride and the performance of the shocks because it has a backbone now that's not going to flex under load. And now all that work can go into the suspension and not into the frame twisting, which exactly. is really cool. Yeah, yeah, stiffer chassis. And that's kind of one of the problems on the old yeah. the old gens. You know, I've got yeah. one myself. I love it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, you know. And coils it, in the back. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, on some of the on trims. On some models, yeah, right. some trims. The higher yeah. ones, for sure. So, yeah. again, we're, as far as the fitment goes, it's going to be another nightmare, but yeah. we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me you're going to mod the shocks in the seats. Oh, I want to, honestly. Like, we've already been asked, like, when are we going to get Icon shocks for the seats? Yeah, that's funny. So um, we got to get a truck it, it's first, funny. though, right? It's one, it's one yeah. of those things where uh, when I talk to some of the Toyota guys and, and people out in the industry, everybody, they keyed in on the shocks. That's what the, that's what they remember about that truck. It's not that it's a hybrid. Not that you get a stick still. Not that the weird regular the cab has a door. The shocks in the door. seats or the yeah, shocks. Okay. No, the shocks in the seats. And so everybody's like, "Oh, dude, tell me about the shocks in the seats." So <laughs> if if Toyota sells 500 pairs or sets of those seats, it doesn't matter because they brought so much awareness to Tacoma and TRD Pro just by being. What's there. the upcharge? I wonder for those seats. I think it's included in the Pro. It's in the Pro. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's yeah. Part part of the package. I'm curious as to how big of a difference it's going to make. Because suspension yeah. seats are cool, but like so, it's like 7% or I've something heard, I've heard. Okay, oh, that's so really small. I was small. talking to some yeah. engineers who kind of gave me some info, and they said the movement, I think up and down is like maybe an inch or just under an inch or something. But the amount of fatigue that that takes away from you and driving, and the cool thing is you can lock them out, so you can go back to a solid seat. Oh, they said good. like on the road, it's kind of weird, and you don't really want it because you're moving too much. You almost get seasick because you're moving independently of the truck body. Gotcha. So you can lock them out. So when you're on the road, but they said off road because it's taking the edge off all those hits, and you're kind of floating a little bit. It's allowing just way, way more concentration and less fatigue because you're not feeling like you're bracing or positioning yourself because the seat's kind of compensating for that. I thought it was pretty cool. I, I haven't been in it yet, but I. I'm looking forward to experiencing that. Yeah, same. Yeah, it's uh, you know we got to get one lickety split here. Yeah. So is, uh, if anyone out there's got one or hey, has a line, you got on a dealer, one, you know. Me. Yeah. I mean, what are they supposed to hit? Truck show podcast I, at gmail.com. I heard originally it was September, and then now it's November, and I now heard December it, today. December. But, I, mean, I don't yeah. think anyone knows. Nobody knows. No. Is Toyota it, might know. I was over at the Toyota booth earlier today. That used to be the Ford booth. And How stoked is Toyota? There were guys crawling under it, looking at it. They're just course. like, I mean, guys who do what you do. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to see what's going on here. And uh, I'd imagine, because there's just so few of them around. Yeah. That was me at uh, Overland Expo West when they unveiled <laughs> it. I was, yeah. Everyone's like, hey, go look at it. I was like, all right. Did you so take I, photos? Um, I got a couple. Nothing crazy. It was raining. It was all it muddy. It was miserable. I, yeah. I didn't want to get muddy. So I was give, being a real you know, sissy about it. Can I give you a, a, like a little industry insider deal? So you know the uh, the Overland model has the uh, old man emu shocks on it. Yes. They're actually Bilsteins. They're Bilsteins. Interesting. Yeah. So is this a licensing brand thing, huh? I'm just saying that that, that you know, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I'll look in that. When, yeah. Uh, once we get all, you, you get should, our hands on yeah, one. Yeah, you might want to. I want to. I want to back up here for a second. Um, we we just assume that everyone knows Icon. We know Icon yep. because it's a big name, but Icon has not really been around that long. Yeah. Well, 2008. Yeah. I, right. So you just came. I, I mean, there are a lot of brands that have been around for 50 years or so or more. But 08 to today, you've crushed it. How? How has Icon been able to take the market by storm, 
been become a really well-respected brand, especially in the Toyota. In, in or, you know. when people are so brutal, of like if you had, <laughs> if you had screwed up, like you would have gotten slaughtered. But you totally. just and uh, I will never forget. I had a, I had a couple friends there. Remember when they said we're going to get a big rig. Like where Icon's <laughs> gonna get a tractor trailer and go to events. I'm like, dude, that's a lot of money. And no, just step after it's not. You know what? I, I don't know if you guys did this, but I had a friend who bought a tractor trailer used on mm-hmm. Craigslist, had it rewrapped, and then would just hire a driver to take it to events. Well, you're talking about the guys at Dub Magazine. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, well, like maybe Dub Magazine <laughs> bought like not four about, or five of them and wrapped them with like well, Pepsi logos it's and like, stuff. You have a big rig and you wrap it and you're like, oh, big big dogs, right? And you just you're like. Hey Dave, can you haul this thing to the show for me again? Right, some guy shows up in his tractor trailer. Yeah, yeah, but the Icon one was legit. Like was that was legit. like a Featherlight or something. It was mm-hmm. a stacker with like a NASCAR trailer. It was it was legitimate. Mm-hmm. Anyway, how did Icon get started, and how did how did it get so good? Uh, well, we we uh, kind of have our background in desert racing. Uh, so all of our engineers and everything—that's what they did for a long time. Yep. Uh, you know, it formed out of the ashes of another company that went you know went under during the the financial crisis back in the day and, and so, at that point the owners these employees bought it right correct yeah yeah so it's uh the, the same crew for the most yeah. part and then and the then name change the, yeah exactly and so you know we had a that product line before then was you know, we had we had a couple coilovers yeah. you know some uh, super duty kit you know nothing crazy um and then but back then i didn't work here yet um but i, I had it on my tacoma and i'm like this stuff works rad and um, started working here and it started to just kind of snowball from there and we kind of just do things differently than the other guys you know like you, know, you look at you know, blue shock orange shock you yeah, know, that, yeah. that sort of thing and um, you know what they've got going on it's you know it's not that they're identical but they're kind of doing similar stuff sure right and but we just like well let's do it different and it, it works and yeah. like a lot of people don't understand what's going on inside which is fine that's kind of the secret sauce of it all you know but um when you sit in it and you use it, like, oh man, this this ride's good, and I can, you know, I can jump this thing, and it's not going to break my truck, you know, that, that sort of thing. And so, and and we just make the whole kit too. You know, it's not just the shocks; it's the this uh, all the control arms and the springs and everything, and it allows us to do more stuff with it and squeeze more wheel travel, better performance out of it than you can get if you're mixing and matching from, you know, one shock company yeah. to this control. Somebody else's company. yeah, somebody else's upper, somebody else's spring and shock right. set, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was interesting when you came out with your upper control arms. I remember that was kind of a big deal. At least to me, I thought, oh wow, they're gonna get out of they're gonna stretch their wings a little bit and step on uh, some other brands. Yeah, we, we, we um, And you did the yeah, same thing with the wheels, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah, and the wheel thing just came from us. Uh, we would always recommend a specific, like, you know, offset with the kit, and not everyone made them. And so we're like, we're, okay, well, they make this offset, but it would work really better if you did this offset. And so we're like, oh, let's let's make our own wheels. And then it, it took off. We had a couple cool designs, and then we came out with interlock wheel, and that's been a huge success. Wait, what's that, interlock wheel? Um, so it's a DOT legal beadlock. So instead of having a bolt-on ring it's on internal. the outside, it's internal. Yeah. It's a bunch of pins you thread in, and it locks the bead on the inside. And so um, it's impossible to debead it. Yeah, and it won't uh, blow up. You're not going to have your ring ling in the you know the side of the freeway or something like that. And it uh, it checks all the boxes for DOT compliance. We had it all officially tested, and they have a basically a big hydraulic ram that uh, they try to debead the tire with, and um, it that's only got you know so much stroke. And it exceeded the machine topped out. Nice. And um, uh, it was like seven something thousand pounds of sidewall force, and it didn't go anywhere. And we did no it kidding. over and over and over again. So, 
And what sizes are those available in? Uh, 17s right now. We're going to do 18s. You mean up to a 24-inch rim? Uh, up to, <laughs> yeah. Not yet. Not, <laughs> Only we, the SEMA special. Yeah, right. we, we do do uh, you know 17s, 18s, and 20s in regular wheels. Yeah, right. But um, it'll, 17s on the interlock stuff right now. Um, we're going to do 18s, 18s. are the new 17s. Yeah. And honestly, for like a lot of the bigger trucks now, yeah. like Super Duty. You need it for brakes. Yeah, and, yep. Well, brakes. And uh, you can't get a good aftermarket like all-terrain tire yeah. and the proper load rating for those yeah. trucks so yeah. we're gonna go bigger too so, awesome. okay right on man well thanks for uh, sharing your truck with us i uh i'm glad you like it yeah i do like it i'm i was thinking about uh seeing if we can get together with mike timmons here at egr and get the keys we'll take it for a ride and we'll let you know what we think about it i mean we That's have fair. to do that after the show i think we'll get in trouble if we do it during the show there's no, no if you're here late enough nobody's here yeah. you can just drive you know on the carpet on the carpet i don't think they'll appreciate that hey uh, where can we go Send people to see Icon's wares. Uh, you check it out on IconVehicleDynamics.com. Uh, follow us on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Instagram, all the places. TikTok, you know, <laughs> all the all the uh, the places the kids go. So, got yeah. it. Thanks, Scott. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Okay, so we paused after the last interview, and we just started the recorder again. It's Holman and Lightning. And we're in the EGR booth. After at, hours. After hours. Dude, and th- there's no one here but look us. Around. Well, look around. Well, hold on. Well, no, it's weird. Hold wait, on. Sh- there's, There's one person, one in the booth person behind us. Yeah, of course. Don't they know we're doing a podcast? No, okay. she doesn't know. Check this out, though. Look around. It's hilarious because there's nobody here. Well, except for her. And all of the round banners from the ceiling are all still slowly turning. Like the only activity in here is the motorized banner spinning in the air. That booth next to us, mm-hmm. they just left their TV on. It's still on that loop. People don't <laughs> care. The they just there. abandoned. They're like, it's five. I'm going to get a drink no, and it was, something to eat. It was more like it was f- like 4.49 and they're like, we're out. <laughs> The, it doesn't. It's not that way in the central hall. I don't know why it's that way in the west. Because hall. this is the uh, this is the frontier out here. West, <laughs> west like, hall is literally the frontier. Of I gotta get me some moonshine. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, well, sounds good. Well, we, I have to get we, out of here. It was a great episode. Yeah, it was. It was awesome. Um, I have to get out of here because I'm meeting with our friend uh, Jordan Mulbauer to smoke cigars and drink whiskey. I was invited to that. Are you coming? Maybe. <laughs> so that's a no. <laughs> I'm that, that's really, a hard pass. I'm really excited. It depends if you're going to help me cart all this gear back. I, I have to drag this box literally a mile back to my room. I'm carrying that one. Well, we are. We have rooms next to each other. Well, across from each other, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. I have to grab that one uh-huh. and the JBL speaker. But you can do that tomorrow because EJR will let you leave stuff here. And then you can do less tonight or half tonight. I may have to. Don't you that. have minions working here? Can't you just send them no. back to no, recover? No, Truckshow Podcast does not have minions. No, Banks no, no. Does. I didn't say. Well, I'm not going to. I didn't mention I, that I, brand. I'm, I'm I just not said, gonna, don't you have minions? I'm not going to use Banks people for my Truckshow Podcast stuff. Really? I don't like to. No, uh-huh. that's not cool. Okay. Or should I? <laughs> I think uh, humanity uh, sometimes demands that friends help friends. That's all I'm saying. Okay. All right. Well, that was a fun show. It was great to see all of our listeners show up, take photos with us, and all the great uh, guests here in the EGR booth. The Truck Show, The Truck Show, The Truck Show, oh, oh. Before we vacate SEMA 2023, we uh, better thank our presenting sponsor, Nissan, who brings you the podcast on a weekly basis, and that's NissanUSA.com where you can find fine mid-size and full-size trucks down at your local Nissan dealer. If you're in the market, put it on your list. At least go out and test drive. I think you'll be impressed. You will be impressed. We think. Let's be assured of this. All right. I'll, uh, I'll say well, you will be impressed, as impressed as you are with a pedal monster if you suffer from a really laggy truck. 
Yeah, if you've got an issue where you could grow a beard faster than you can get in a boost or get up to 60 miles an hour, the Pedal Monster may be what you're looking for. It is a patented throttle controller that makes your truck feel like it has a cable-actuated throttle like in the olden days where you push the pedal and the truck actually goes. Go to BankSpower.com, type in your year, make and model to find the Pedal Monster for you. And, of course, if you are suffering from load control issues on your truck, Lightning. <laughs> you got I, saggy bottoms on your truck, Lightning. I have personal load control issues and saggy bottoms. I issues. can't help you with that. But if your truck has those things, you want to head over to hellwigproducts.com where you can get made-in-the-USA load control products like their helper springs and, of course, the Hellwig sway bar, which will add control, handling, and confidence. Hellwig products have been made in the USA since 1946. And they've got the solution for, well, your truck lightning, not you. All right. Well, before we vacate the EGR booth here at SEMA, we uh, should thank our hosts, our gracious hosts, mm. for having us today. EGR! It's, it's been awesome. And I don't know how many more times lightning can tell you how awesome their roll track is. One more time. It's the best tonneau cover I've ever owned, and I've had a few. And I'm loving the fact that Scott's Tundra not only has the roll track tonneau cover, and, of course, the roll track has the T-slots, mm -hmm. it has... EGR's bed rack system that's compatible so you can have the best of both worlds. Locking storage underneath and a place to put your big items on top. EGR USA is where you want to go, and you guys have been amazing. Thank you for having us in the booth today. I'm going to walk over here and get in this uh, grenadine. Check it out. Gr grenadier. Grenadine. All right, Lightning, that's enough. You, you can't get any closer to that thing. I'm already inside. <laughs> it's nice in here. The Drug Show Podcast, live from the SEMA Show in Las Vegas. Presented by Nissan, in association with Banks Power and Hellwig Suspension. Uh, just endless, endless meat.